Podcast Fresh. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 58 of the Podcast Fresh Cafe. Christmas has just passed, so Merry Christmas to everybody out there. I am your host, Ryan Mello, along with my co-host, Chris Torres. What's going on, everybody? Merry Christmas and uh, happy holidays to everybody. Happy holidays to everybody. Uh, yeah, man, we had a successful Christmas. We had a good time. Um, not no, no, one, no one went to the hospital, so that's good. <laughs> Nobody ever really goes to the hospital. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. Uh, no, but it was a good time. Lots of good food. Uh, the food was all right. Food was all right. The food was okay. The breakfast was pretty good. I like the breakfast. Yeah, you can't fuck uh, up a breakfast. Bacon and eggs cannot be fucked with, you know? Yeah, if you do, then just quit. Yeah, um, everything else was... No. Uh, no, there's a lot of people that can't make good breakfast. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. There's a lot of people that can't make a fucking egg. Yeah. Um, but That's yeah, no, hilarious, Christmas by was, the way. <laughs> Christmas was fun. Um, you know, it was just really nice to uh, just bunker down and do nothing except drink for two days. You know, it's basically kind of... What it boiled down to this year and playing games with uh, my nephews. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And hang, getting to hang out with my uncle, who I hadn't seen in, in a little while. So that was kind of nice. Uh, yeah. It's just nice not to think about work for a little while, you know? Damn right. That's awesome. All right, Chris, what are we doing today? Uh, we're just looking ahead at 2023. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at movies that are coming up. What we're most excited about, and then video games as well. And uh, I guess we'll sprinkle in any observations or even like little predictions that uh, that we might see fit to throw in there. But uh, yeah, this is kind of like a primer for next year. It's funny to look back at uh, the things that we were excited for this year, you know, with respect to movies and games. And for me, like I, I said on the last show, I didn't really watch a lot of movies. So it was kind of like, damn, I really I did watch all the big ones, you know, like the triple the A titles, if you will, like the Top Guns and and everything like that. But uh, there's a few that I missed. So that'll be like a New Year's resolution is to get back on, up on uh, on movies and films that I've missed um, and also to play more PlayStation 5 or current generation games. That's kind of my uh, New Year's resolutions for uh, for next year. I've never asked you, though, what are you hoping to, to, to try next year in terms of are you just going to stay with, stay steady as she goes? You're going to stick to your bread and butters or are you interested in trying like maybe a new genre of game or maybe there's a series that's that's been giving you the eyeball from your collection that you haven't quite, you know, paid attention to. What are you looking to do next year that might be new? Not necessarily a new game, but, like, something that you want to try or, you uh, know. Yeah. No, that's a good question. Uh, you know what? I always say that I'm not this kind of person, but I do want to see if I could find an FPS that I like. <laughs> I want to see if I could actually find one that I could stick with and, and play all the way through to the end. Uh, that isn't Doom, because I could do that with Doom. Uh, but even like the new Doom, I I haven't really played that much or stuck stuck in with to the end. So maybe that's the one. I don't know. Um, it might be a Metroid Prime. It might be a Cyberpunk. It might be something like that. I don't know which one I'm gonna do yet. But I have thought of like just <laughs> trying to literally be like, is it like a childhood thing that I'm clinging on to? Because as a kid, I really hated them. Uh, is it like a thing of my childhood that like I just had never really went back and solved, or is it really just like something? about me even to this day where I'm just like, I can't do it. So I'd love to figure that out for myself in uh, 2023. That is one thing I was going to actually propose this to you later on, but uh, yeah, no, I, that's, that's definitely one of them. And another one would be more AAA titles for sure. Like I, I'm, I'm not as, 
I like AAA games. Like I'll play mo- a lot of AAA Nintendo games for sure. And even in like on like the PlayStation, I'll play some of them, but I'm not I'm not I don't itch to get at them. Like God of War, I haven't played yet. I I played the first one and I liked it. But uh, you know, again, I don't know when I'll get to that one. I just feel like I'm the kind of guy that if everyone's playing it, I'm probably not playing it. But the minute the hype dies down, that's when I'll go pick it up. I don't know. I've always operated on that level, and uh, that might be a thing too. But that's another one. It's like like Elden Ring. Like I should really try Elden Ring. It won Game of the Year. Not that that's you know the be all end all, but it's there is something to be said about it. So that is uh, those are two things definitely that uh, I gotta look to. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Well, have you ever beaten a first-person shooter from from uh, cover to cover? Or you've just uh... besides the original Doom, no, no. Okay, yeah, I don't know what it is about original Doom that I could just play no no problem. Maybe it's because it's so simplistic that I don't even view it in the, on the same wavelength yeah. as like a, an FPS. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the only one really. Oh, for some reason I thought you were talking about twenty sixteen Doom. No, I'm talking about like OG Doom. Right, right, right. Yeah, which is the first one probably of them all, or the one to popularize it. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I love that game. For me, I like first-person shooters to the point where, you know, because you can break any genre into subgenres, right? Like in RPGs, there's all kinds of RPGs from JRPG all the way onward, yeah. right? All the way to like those weird ones for like a couple bucks that, uh, you know, hey, come here, gonna let me see, you know, like Slash those weird ones that you find on the PlayStation <laughs> Network, you know. Yeah. Um, there's all kinds of stuff that you can find. When it comes to first-person shooters, I'm into all of them. I like the story-based ones. I like the arcadey ones where you're running and jumping off the walls and stuff like that. I like the the mech ones where you know you're you're, you're a robot. I like the ones with the the RPG elements to it. Um, and stuff like that. I like the ones that are story-based, and I also like the ones that lack a story. So, Because um, I just love that genre. So for me, it's easy. Um, but uh, yeah, no, for sure. I think you should probably play a couple different genres, sub-genres of uh, first-person shooters to see what kind of sticks, right? Uh, if you like Doom, if you like that Doom, the original Doom from 1993, whatever year it was, that, those are like action first-person shooters. It's just nonstop, you know. Um, they're almost like a maze games, right? Find key A, stick it into key slot A, right? It's just a lot of like yeah, A yeah. to B. They're also borderline like bullet hell. Like, yeah. Which explains, because I really like Metal Slug, even though it's like a completely different like perspective, but like it's the same kind of thing and like Contra and stuff like that. I love those. Yeah. So it's like, Maybe that's just what it is. I like bullet hell. The stuff, original, yeah, the original dooms are are like that, right? Because you can see some of the bullets coming, whereas you know, yeah, later first exactly. person shooters not so much. But um, yeah, no, that's cool, man. That's be interesting to see what you pick up. Yeah, we'll get into it. I'll let you know in the new year. Uh, yeah, so this will be fun. Uh, yeah. By the way, guys, the other podcast just dropped today. We're recording this on the twenty sixth of December. I dropped our uh, wrap-up show earlier in the day so go check that out um you know once this drops and you haven't checked it out yet um it was a good episode it really puts into perspective like how fast a year flies by because we thought we were talking about things that i thought were was like 2021 you know? yeah yeah i was like oh my god i actually when i was like looking at the games that i played i actually pulled up my uh psn profile and i pulled out the switch and i was just kind of taking a look and you know i just kind of gave uh a handful of selections and stuff like that, things that I played. But it also, like, I'm glad that we did that because that's when it made me realize, like, damn, I need to really play some more newer, new generation games, right? 
Yeah. It's like no, it's, it's like good. I have a PlayStation Five. It's like I have a Ferrari, but I'm just you know I'm just driving. driving I'm just driving to Starbucks and back. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where I should be like. That thing should be like on fire with all like the the, the technical games going through it and being played and stuff like that. But um, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's definitely uh, that, and uh, maybe just clearing up some of the backlog. You know, like games that I put you know on hold and things like that that I need yeah. to go back to because I haven't I haven't grown out of it so much that I want to delete it off my PlayStation just yet. You know what I mean? And I know if I do, <laughs> I'm never going back to it again. Maybe like ten years from now, whatever. So uh, I do need to go back and either make some decisions. Either I'm going to finish this game or I'm not going to finish it. Yeah. As as someone who's been collecting games for like 10 years, <laughs> the backlog never never goes away. Oh, no. <laughs> it just I grows. mean, games you that I'm, I'm in it, the but... middle I'm in the middle of. Oh, that you've started. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. All right. Um, okay, guys. Uh, Chris, throw in the plugs, and then we'll get into our yeah, first- Yeah, my podcast uh, fresh on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, as well as uh, Twitter at PodcastFreshTO. Um, you can also send us an email at PodcastFresh2020 at gmail.com, and we'll add it to the uh, to the mailbag. Very nice. All right. Uh, let's do movies first. We're going to go through our uh, most excited, most anticipated movies for each of us, ourselves, respectively. Uh, we'll go back and forth. I'll go first. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania is my pick. Um, I'm ki- I've kind of grown out of, like, not grown out of it, but I'm very, my, my uh, expectation for Marvel movies is pretty low right now, and I don't expect this one to really blow me out of the water, or so to speak. And, I mean, the, the other Ant-Man, I liked it, but it wasn't, like, it, it wasn't one of my favorite uh, movies in, in the Marvel Universe thing like I like Paul Rudd a lot but his character like besides the comedy aspect of it was a pretty subpar plot and now he has like the responsibility to like open up the quantum mania which is like another realm I guess and I could see it really evolving this whole story as a whole like maybe it could finally add some like interesting plot points and stuff moving forward because right now I feel like everything's kind of stagnant um, so for one reason or another that's really what i'm hoping for this movie not so much that i care about the characters too much it's just i hope this shakes things up and makes the whole thing more interesting because right now like i've said before i feel like there's just nothing for them to fight for and after the whole thanos uh, saga uh ended it's just like we never we never we, we can't find that that railroad or those tracks to like get up there and like build up this roller coaster again i feel like we're just still waiting in line so to speak so um yeah, I'm just hoping that this one can do can do wonders. And plus, I am a fan of like Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas. And Bill Murray's going to be in this, which is funny. But uh, you know, given all the controversy as well, but you know, we'll what see how this does. Uh, I honestly don't know. I just know Who that he's been doing about? some shit recently. That's like who? Who's he? He's always in the the media. Uh, Bill Murray. Oh, okay. What do he do? He's he's had some bad takes or something, and I don't know. Who cares? That's like not going to mean anything at the box office. At the grand scheme of things, no, no not at all. No. I don't care. So, uh, but yeah, I'm excited to check it out. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. I don't think there's going to be anything coming out of that movie that's going <laughs> to indicate some kind of... I might just be <laughs> crossing my fingers. <laughs> I think this is your. Uh, this is a long shot. I don't know what it's doing on the main list, but um, these are very successful movies. I've only ever seen the first one, and this, you know Ryan's going to hate me first, but that's all you need to see. Just the first Ant-Man's fine. It's funny. Uh, there's a really, There's you. a really cute scene where they're fighting on the trains. Doesn't get more clever than that after that. That's the most clever part of the whole fucking movie right there. And it's it's really good. 
Um, but no, Ant-Man's not an A-lister. He's a C-lister. He's the Miz. No, yeah. He's the Miz no. of the Marvel superheroes, right? Like, be honest. We didn't know who he was until he showed yeah. up. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think, though, um, just to shove it in my face, I think what Marvel's going to do is they are going to grab a smaller movie like this and try to jam-pack as many cameos and shit like that as possible. But... Um, the, that magic doesn't work on me anymore. You're not gonna make me give a good score to a movie just based on what was teased at the end or special appearances. Um, this isn't music, you know. The music doesn't get better based on your features. It, it it gets better based on how it's written. Does it vibe? Do people like it? And are people paying to see it? So um, I think one way or another, we're gonna find out if uh, if we're gonna see more Ant Man from uh, after this. My prediction is this is the last Ant Man movie. Oh, me too. I think this is going to. Uh, write him off. I feel. I think his contract. I want him dead, killed off in that movie. Uh, One that we're both excited about is a Super Mario Brothers movie on April seven. I mean, for me, it's just uh, as a thirty-nine-year-old guy, it's just it's it's gonna be what uh, what Batman Begins did to the Batman franchise for me. It's kind of rejuvenated, give it a new um, uh, color of uh, paint, a new fresh coat after the uh, the Schumacher terrible movies. Which they were, Ryan. You're not going to tell me otherwise. Um, so I think this will be the one that uh, makes people think like, holy shit, they could have been doing these movies for years. I'm glad they haven't been doing these movies for years. I think they really needed to step away and think about what they were going to do kind of with the Mario movies to see how it was going to figure out and play out on a big screen. And um, everything that I've seen is good, you know. Uh, people want to already start burying this because of uh, one person's voice, but it's not enough for me. I think it's going to be a really good movie. And I could see it uh, making some big bucks at the box office. Yeah, this is also on my list, so I'll just talk about it real quick. I think that, um, you know, even if you do hate Chris Pratt's voice for Mario, like it, the, the, the overall movie just looks so incredible. And it's not even like a problem anymore to me. Like, even if it's not the best, as long as it's passable, I think it's fine. Like, it, it is what it is. Uh, to me, Mario games, the most interesting part about them was never Mario himself. It was the, the actual like environments and things that surrounded him. And this movie, I kind of view the same way where I'm more interested to see how they're going to portray like the mushroom kingdom and all the locations and all the other characters more so than like what Mario is going to do. Like it is what it is with Mario. Mario's just this guy that, you know, in the games you control up and down and that's it. Uh, so I'm not looking for much here from him. I do want a, a good performance for sure, but uh, I'm I'm just more excited about the world, and uh, I'm usually like that with a lot of things, and this is no different. So, yeah, Mario is uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie, as it's correctly titled, is uh, definitely on my my top ten for sure. Um, what do I got next? Creed three. Um, Creed. I'm a huge Rocky Mark. People know this. Uh, I love the first two Creeds a lot. They were great movies. All the Rocky movies, I think, are slam dunks in my opinion. Maybe not the fifth one, but that's okay. Uh, and this one, I think this, it all makes sense to kind of end the series here, at least for now. Like, I'm not, like, let's not kid ourselves. For sure, they're going to continue this in some way because there's, there's like, name value in this franchise. But uh, I think as a trilogy, the Creed movies can end after this one. Um, you know, there's already no Sylvester Stallone given what's been happening with him. And there's, like, it, it, it does have some interesting takes where... This looks like they're going to redo the story of Rocky V, where, like, you know, he takes someone under his wing, and then eventually he turns heel on him, and then they have to fight at the end. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting here. So, to see that done right, I'll take it. Sure, give me another movie. But, in the grand scheme of things, 
it doesn't need to continue. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty content with what's been shown in, in this story and where we were at. So I don't know. I know there's like a Drago show or something coming out soon or some shit. Like I, I hate that that's coming out to be honest. But you know, if we're just talking about strictly the Creed movies, this should be a really good closer for the trilogy. Um, I expect no less. So honestly, these movies have been phenomenal and one of my favorites. Fast 10, May 19th. Uh, it's the next Fast and the Furious movie. These ones are just stupid movies to watch in the uh, summertime, and they remind me of uh, when things were normal. So I'm um, excited to see what's going to happen here. Um, the movies have just gotten so ridiculous now. They are pretty much sort of like um, they're sort of like a celebrity mashup now, just like a good guys and bad guys going at it. Um, but yeah, Fast 10. And again, is this a series that needs to go on? much further probably not but uh you know they're super successful and they make a ton of money so i think they'll uh they'll keep pumping these ones out and uh the last few have been pretty good so i think uh i think it'll continue with uh fast x so i'm curious just check that one out on may 19th yeah me too i think this one uh i heard it's i heard i don't know if it's confirmed but it's the first of uh, a two-part ender so there will be a fast 10 too i guess um but yeah, I'm excited for it. Just, just like what you said, it's dumb fun. I'm not expecting anything crazy. What I am expecting is like good action on the screen and you know crazy, crazy shots and special effects and all that. That's you know, it's junk. It's a junk food movie for sure. Um, yeah, not much to say. You know, you know, you know, what you got with these movies. Last time we went to space. Who the hell knows where we go in this one? I'm actually very intrigued by how they're going to talk because you know they're going to try to top it they always try to top themselves so right how the hell do you beat space i don't know um up next uh guardians of the galaxy volume three look this one i'm not going to lie to you looks very very good it's for the simple fact that this is the last one it's there there's a lot how of can it look good gonna, based on the fact that it's the last one because these movies have sucked all this time. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, no, it looks good. It, it, it looks really good. Hold on. I'm trying to find the damn uh, trailer here. Uh, oh, okay. It just looks darker than uh, than what we usually see with these ones. They, uh, they're they typically very lighthearted. Uh, you know, a gang of ragtag individuals forced to deal with things together. Uh, all from different walks of life and you know they come together and they they're kind of they, they're a family but they're so dysfunctional but it works and uh, but again it's a it's usually a lot of humor it's usually a lot of slapstick but in this one it just seems a lot more darker and I've heard some rumors that uh, some characters are gonna are gonna get killed off so it's just it's intriguing because it is the last one it, like it, you it's the conclusion of a trilogy that like overall has been the lighthearted part of the MCU. I mean, they, they just got like a Christmas special, like a 45 minute Christmas special that just came out. So it's like, how can you take that and make it dark? I guess we're going to find out. And also worth note, this is James, uh, James Gunn directed this right before he went to, uh, take over DC. So just for that, it's kind of like a nice little, little love note to see what he left us with before he, uh, went to the dark side, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Um, yeah, I'm excited for this one though. Really, James excited. Gunn's always been dark side, for sure. Um, next, I got Roosevelt. So this is the uh, this is the Leonardo DiCaprio. It's going to be a biographical film on uh, President Teddy Roosevelt. 
uh, directed by Martin Scorsese. So again, those two working against Scorsese and uh, DiCaprio. This is still in production, um, but I have no reason to believe that this will at least be a very, very a good movie. These guys don't miss, right? Scorsese's always uh, just pounding out blockbusters and him and DiCaprio. I know some people get sick of him and DiCaprio because they've, they've done so much work together, like six, seven, eight times they've worked together. Now, if you count this one, but um, hey, man, they, they put out really good pieces. And um, they, when, when they, if you're going to do like a almost like a period piece like this or a, a biography, uh, on a character set like Roosevelt, um, I'm curious to see uh, what Scorsese is able to come up with. So, I'm excited about this one. That's cool. I gotta check that out later. Roosevelt. Uh, next one, I got Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This was delayed. This was c- supposed to come out this year, but uh, it got pushed back. Uh, sequel to one of the best animated movies I've ever seen, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Widely regarded as the best Spider-Man movie, <laughs> counting the live-action ones. Um, <sighs> right. Which is pretty hilarious. That's but ridiculous, you, but yeah. If you want to count it, no. sure. I, I don't, but no. Because you could. Do, there's just so much more freedom with an animated movie. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Um... But anyway, this looks to be good. I also like the fact that it still follows Miles Morales, which I think, you know, if they're not going to make him um, the live action Spider-Man, at least he has this for now. I have no doubt in my mind that one day he will be a live action Spider-Man. But for now, this is really cool. But just the premise of like going into this universe where there's like now apparently there's going to be like over a thousand Spider-Men or something that Mm -hmm. are going to appear here. Like, you know, this is like if you grew up with Spider-Man, I read like a lot of comics. I know a lot of other Spider-Men. That you know, no one gave a shit about back then. But in this one, it seems like they're all going to be prominently featured. Um, there's even a cameo of the Insomniac Spider-Man from the games. So it's just uh, it's just a cool premise for that alone. That's why you go watch it. Really, like I, I think the story in the first one was really good, uh, and I'm sure this story will be just fine. But realistically, you're going to go watch it to see how they're going to portray this thing with like just a million Spider-Man on screen. And the villain of the movie seems to be Miguel O'Hara, which is the Spanish Spider-Man of 2099. Um, so yeah, he's cool as shit. I've always liked him. So I, I don't know. I'm just I'm really optimistic about this one. I think it'll be really good. Cool. Well, the last one was good too. You don't have to be that optimistic. <laughs> no, well, sequels. I'm never so super excited for sequels. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's always like a skepticism with me. So, uh, but I don't have that with this one. Is what I'm saying. So yeah, it's cool. I just hope they, uh, for the next series, whatever they end up doing, they just need to get away from the uh, the convention of trying to be too cute for the titles. You know what I mean? Oh, it's just so, yeah. <laughs> and on the other side, the, the live action ones, you have like No Way Home, Away From Home, Trying to Find My Way Home, Too Far From I, Home. That is, uh, yeah, it's, I hated that. But the thing is, for a casual like me, that's really confusing because I have to pull out my phone and be like, which order do I watch these in? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's cool, man. Yeah, a lot of people like them cartoon movies. So, uh, yeah, let me know how that one goes. Uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 comes out on July 14. It's another Mission Impossible movie, uh, so you kind of know what you're getting with this one. Again, it's Tom Cruise doing most of his uh, own insane stunts. Uh, But the cool thing about this one is it brings back um, actors that used to be in the earlier ones, and it brings them back. So people like Simon Pegg and Ving Rhimes, they're coming back uh, from the original cast. um, Or from modern-day cast, they're coming back for this one, so... Um, it's cool. It's good to see. Uh, it's good to see that uh, they're incorporating some of the older stars into this one. They do look old, right? <laughs> but uh, if you think about it, the first Mission Impossible came out in 1996, 97, somewhere around there. Oh, <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I really enjoyed the uh, the last Mission Impossible. And not, I'm not even like a Mission Impossible like hardcore person, right? 
But um, just Tom Cruise just brings it whenever he does these action movies. He's just tremendous, especially when you watch the behind the scenes and you see that he really is doing most of this crazy shit. You know what I mean? I mean, he's on steel cables and things like that, but <laughs> there's people that you can double the amount of steel cables and they still wouldn't do half this shit, you know? Um, like, I don't know if he did like a nasty plunge off an airplane, like for the last movie. Just insanity. So um, looking forward to, uh, to this one. Have you checked out any of the Mission Impossibles? I've seen the original. Oh, that's um, probably the worst one. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, never, I probably never saw any of them because of that. And my next thing was going to uh, say is uh, just watch them for fun, you know, as you like to say. Watch them for what they are. It's just a goofy weekend rental, you know. You just um, stupid story, right? Doesn't make sense. But um, <laughs> the first one that I watched that really caught my eye, I watched the first one. I didn't like it. It was very confusing, and I was like, this is stupid. The second one was cool. The second one was MI2, Mission Impossible. And uh, that one came out in like the early 2000s. And that was kind of like a relaunch. You know, it was more action-based oh, and story-based. Okay. And they did away from with some of the bullshit. But um, yeah, now we're at Dead Reckoning Part 1, which obviously means there's going to be Part 2. I wonder if this is some kind of like a final chapter or if this is going to keep going. But um, I don't mind them making these movies into chapters, right? Instead of doing these three, three and a half hour monsters. Just call it part one. I get it. Just have me in and out in two hours, bro. Please. I got to work tomorrow. You know what I mean? <laughs> I couldn't have said that better. Um, no, that's awesome. That that's uh, Those are movies that I still I have in my on my list to check out. I am kind of curious. Yeah, after seeing the first one, I thought something was up because uh, I remember it being so crappy. And like, I was like, "How come these movies have fans? This makes no sense to me." But uh, yeah. yeah, like you said, they did reboot it and uh, of sorts, and obviously it's successful now because it just keeps going. Yeah. Uh, all right, my next one, Craven the Hunter. Uh, I'm gonna get stung on this one for sure. What's Craven like the 100%. Hunter. Oh, it's it's like Morbius. It's uh, it's let's make another movie about a Spider-Man villain that no one really knows. Um, Two things that I'm excited for is, as a kid, this was one of my favorite characters, uh, villains that he had. So I was like, okay. And he's, so he's a Russian guy that's a hunter, and he gets sent to America to basically hunt Spider-Man because he sees him as, like, the ultimate prey kind of thing. Uh So this is, uh, they're going to take that premise and put it into a movie. Now, it's unconfirmed whether or not he's coming to hunt Spider-Man. Like, I don't think that's the case because I don't feel like, I I feel like Sony can't get Spider-Man in a movie right now. Um, so that's what's going to make or break it for me. If Spider-Man can be in it, sure, it might be a great movie. If not, this is really pointless. But, you know, another thing of note, Russell Crowe is in it in an in a unannounced role, and he's pretty big. And Aaron Taylor Johnson is going to be playing Craven the Hunter, which I think is a good casting choice. He played um, uh, Quicksilver in, in that Avengers movie, uh, Ultron or whatever the hell it was. He was also in, like, the new Godzilla. He was in a couple of things. Uh, not a... Not a big, um, not a big actor, but I do know him from a lot of things. So I was like, okay, whatever. I'm done with the casting. Um, yeah, I'm just hoping that they put that story uh, on the screen in a good way. That's really all it is, because I do really like the story of Craven the Hunter. Um, but I don't know if it's going to be done like Morbius was done. This is going to suck. So we'll we'll have to wait and see. I I like Morbius though. Have you seen Morbius? I haven't. So what are you talking about? Based on no, what people say. No, based based on, on what say. people say. No, man, Morbius is fine, man. Um, I think you have to watch a lot more of those movies in, in order to have that kind of opinion. And I said this to you already. I have, uh, what the fuck are those movies with Kate, Kate Beckinsale? Remember I told you there's like six or seven of them? 
the uh, vampires versus the lichens. I don't think Underworld, the Underworld movies. Oh, yeah. So yeah, those yeah. movies, the first one was probably the best one, according to, you know, most consensus on the internet and critics and all them guys. And then from there, it's like a slow, you know, like they seem to go downhill. But for me, because I like that series and I like the style of everything, they're passable for me. Like I really enjoy them and they're fine. I even like they do like an Origins kind of movie, like the fourth or the fifth one. They go back before this chick gets her powers and stuff like that. So it's really cool. Morbius reminded me of that. The problem with Morbius is they tried to shove like a four hour movie into a small package. And so uh, a lot of it just felt really, really rushed. But um, yeah, I kind of like Morbius. Um, I haven't deleted it. I still have it. And I might check it out again. Maybe like, maybe on a board Tuesday or something like that. But uh, I would give Morbius a shot. I think it, it was a good one. As far as this uh, movie goes with the, uh, what's this guy's name? Craven? Yeah. If, if they, the, the, the problem is, is like if they present them as like a really dark character, he almost doesn't fit into like the cartoonish world of the current day Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Um, unless they're going to tell a more serious story at some point when those, uh, when they do cross paths, right? Because I'm watching uh, Craven, like some of the art style here, but I'm watching a picture of Craven from like the 60s uh, comic books and he looks like a giant goofball. He looks yeah. like a jobber on uh, WWE Superstars. Uh, so it just depends, right? Like, uh, I have characters in the Marvel Universe that I love if they brought them in, like a Bishop or a Cable, one of those darker motherfuckers. But it'd have to be like a darker kind of movie, right? It wouldn't, you know, even like a Deadpool, it would work in like a Deadpool, right? Something like that. Right. But yeah. I, I just feel like their whole thing is this is going to be in the Venom Universe, which the Venom Universe is a darker tone than the Tom There Hall you go, universe. yeah. So I think that's where this is all connecting. But at the same time, it's all connected at this point. Like, yeah. a lot of stuff is crossed over, so I can't even say that anymore. But let's just say in a world where nothing crossed over, this movie would be right at home. Morbius as well, in that Venom-style universe where everything's a little bit more darker and whatever, it's at night a lot of the time. Just to have those tones. But um, I'm, I'm not... Obviously, I haven't seen Morbius. I'm not shitting on it because of what, I've, what I'm thinking. It's just what I've heard, and me just being a diehard, I just know that if I saw it, I'd probably not like it. Right off the bat, you're like, not a diehard Morbius fan. I'm a diehard Spider-Man fan. Yeah, no one is a diehard Morbius fan because no one knows who the fuck Morbius was until this movie happened, mm -hmm. except the select few that read the comics. Yeah. So, what I know of Morbius and what's been presented of Morbius on the big screen is not the you same. Need to thing. watch Morbius. You can't talk about a movie you haven't watched. But I could watch a movie like I okay, I'll give it to you for, in this way. If I watch it, maybe I could appreciate the way it's like shot, maybe I could appreciate the way it looks and yeah. all that shit presentation-wise. But I'm going to hate the story because I already know what the story of that movie is and it's nothing like the comics. So, me being a purist is the, is the issue. I'm not going to like it because they already ruined it. If you're a if purist, you'll right, watch it. No, if I'm a purist, I'll stay away from it because the fact that there's no Spider-Man no. Morbius. You need to watch Morbius. Stupid. Go watch Morbius. It's already stupid. Go watch Morbius. It's fine. You know, what? I'll watch Morbius this year and I'll tell you what I think. About yeah, it. go watch Morbius. <laughs> there's I'll just a lot bring of things. To this episode, they they do a lot of things in that movie right, like, but it's it's too quick. Like they tell a really sweet story between Morbius and his brother, super sweet, and they were raised. I don't even know if they're actual brothers or not, but they're basically raised like brothers with this like, dude that takes care of them and stuff like that, right? I'm a casual when it comes to this stuff, um, but I enjoyed that. The problem is, is that from one snap of the finger to another, like time has passed by and all this other shit's happening. Other, 
now they went from like brotherly love to like one's trying to kill the other and they kind of explain it in a way like oh is there a time jump there's a, several of them and there's no. reasons why like all these things happen but it's just like okay well I get it can't explain everything in one movie but they tried their best and it just ended up being a messy sandwich yeah so this would have been a better uh, like TV show or may or yeah yeah like I said it's tough right it um, can't, wait, can't wait for what that else we got now. okay Oppenheimer so this is J. Robert Oppenheimer and his role in development of the atomic bomb. So this is a biopic. I'm always down for a biopic. I love biopics, especially when you have uh, Christopher Nolan doing this one. And uh, take a wild guess who's in the cast, Ryan. <laughs> oh, is it Bad Bunny? No, no, no. It's not Bad Bunny. <laughs> but uh, So it's going to oh, start uh, Cillian Murphy. He played uh, Scarecrow in the Batman movies. He's great. He played. Yeah, he, everybody knows who he is. He's the guy that uh, they call him the most emotionless face. Like you know, like <laughs> he always gets memed because he doesn't have any like distinguishable uh, smiles or anything during interviews. He's kind of like just sitting there. He's like the most chill guy in the world. Um, Emily Blunt's gonna be in there. Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, uh, Jack Quaid, uh, Rami Rami Malek's gonna be in there. Uh, Mister oh, Robot. So. Really, really good. Uh, I can't wait. This I'm in the mood to watch one of these kind of movies. Christopher Nolan is one of my favorite directors. And uh, if you like a Christopher Nolan-style movie, which I do, and I realize there's a lot of people that are sick of that style of movie, but not me. I love it. So uh, I'm definitely excited about this movie, uh, Oppenheimer, um, coming out on, uh, what do we say here? July 21. Yeah, so it's going to be a nice summer summer movie, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I had no idea the movie existed until I was looking at this list, and then I started doing some more research. I'm like, holy shit. But, yeah. But the Oppenheimer is funny because that was the word that you said oh, like a year ago. Oh, my God. And yeah, I that's the first thing I thought like of when I, uh, when, I, <laughs> when I saw that. <laughs> I can't believe that's a real thing. <laughs> but okay, that's right. I, I forgot just, the guy. That's so there's funny. a guy named that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Florence Pugh's in this too. That's awesome. Yeah. I like her. She's great. Um, all right. The next one I got, you could talk a bit about. Yeah, what you got? List. Uh, the Hunger Games. Oh, yeah, man. The ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Jesus Christ. Mm. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm yet to still read that book that came out. Um, Me too. I've read all the other And I have it. Hunger and Games you books. have it. Uh, we bought it on the same day, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was Tiff's? Right? Tiff had a broken neck or something, and we went to Walmart. Yeah, so yeah, the wife brought, broke her neck a couple years back, and yeah. we went to Walmart and I, we bought her that. Why one. did we go to um, Walmart? But we went for something else. We went for something else, but then we we're like, oh, that'd be. You know nice what it gesture. is? I'm remembering <laughs> now. Uh, my dad yeah. sent us to Walmart with some money because she was coming home, and my dad wanted to have her stay in 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 the room there. So we were going to clean the room and and everything. Oh, so that's right. she needed some that's gimmicks, yeah. right? To you know, she, she, yeah, anywho. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this is going to be a, it's a prequel. So yeah. are you going to read the book or are you just going to wait till the movie comes out and say, fuck it? No, I'm going to probably read the book, uh, before, because what, what happened to me was, uh, when the original movies were coming out, I had read, uh, the first and second book after the two movies released, <laughs> but I, but I had read the last book before that movie came gotcha. out and I had a way better experience going into it with the knowledge of the book. Yeah. Uh, just because there was so much more details that, that I knew that they didn't show yeah. in the movie. So I was like, shit, that's so cool. So now I'm definitely going to probably, you know, hunker down and read that son of a bitch uh, before this comes out. But yeah, you know, Hunger Games, I think one of the best movie, like, trilogy, or is it a technically a trilogy? I don't know. Whatever. I guess so, yeah, trilogy uh, with a prequel. Yeah. Well, the trilogy was like, uh, 
into two parts. So it's four mm-hmm. movies, but you know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, 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 um, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, no, but I think, you know, I, it, it started, it definitely started the whole like apocalyptic, you know, crazy post, uh, post-world new way of living genre, I guess. Yeah, for uh, sure. You know, for teenagers and stuff, because after that, Divergent came out and Maze Runner came out and all that. And like, they're still coming out, right? So um, I see this one as like the godfather of that genre. And just to have a, uh, a fresh take on it, seeing what President Snow was doing uh, whenever this this takes place is really cool. I'm already looking at some of the cast here. We have Peter Dinklage in it, which is pretty funny. Uh, he's always a good time. And the main guy, Tom Blythe, which I've never heard of. I don't know if you've heard of Tom Blythe, but he's playing uh, Snow. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Lots lots to look forward to here. All they showed so far was like this animated, uh, you know, video of like a golden snake unraveling or something. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's the logo of the movie. But there is like a winter theme to it and stuff. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Not much has been shown, but just, you know, the fact that it has that Hunger Games brand on it is enough to intrigue fans of the originals. And that's good enough for me. Do you think uh, do we get, do you think we see uh, Jennifer Lawrence in the movie at all? I don't think so. Um, she actually has some bad blood with these people now because she's not in it or something or she wasn't called for it. I don't know. She did some interview where she was talking some shit. So. Oh, that's funny. Similar to like the Sylvester Stallone situation, I guess. Right. But um, yeah. Okay. I don't think so. Uh, next one for me is the Barbie movie oh, with Ryan boy. Gosling. I, I'm so curious about this movie. This is just uh, this is another movie that started off as a meme, and then people were like, "No, no, no! They really are making a movie on Barbie." Uh, <laughs> so, it, it, from the little bit that I've seen, I just love the use of the colors. You know that that really. That traditional, you know, hot pink from the Barbie logo. Uh, just a really, really cool, uh, cool look. You know, Will Ferrell's in it. Ryan Gosling's in it. And, of course, Margot Robbie is going to play Barbie. So um, I'm curious to see what the, this thing's going to be. Ryan Gosling, for my money, like, he's so good. Like, if I were an actor and I wanted to choose an agent that can, like, choose film roles for me carefully based on my pluses and weaknesses and stuff like that i would definitely choose ryan gosling because he is his work is so diverse you know what i mean like yesterday we were playing that game where you put the celebrity on your forehead and you try to figure out which one you have and by asking different questions and ryan gosling is a tough one because it's kind of like it would be it would even be unfair if somebody were to say as a hint like yeah he mostly does romantic movies does he is that what it he does? It depends what you've seen. Yeah, it depends what you've seen. Not, not the movies that I've seen, you know, and I didn't watch mm-hmm. The Notebook, but I'm well aware of it, and I realize why people love that movie. And I'm sure it is really good. I've just never sat down to watch it. But I've seen him in everything else, and um, just just the diversity of the roles. And then when I saw this Barbie thing come out and got memefied, I'm like, this can't be real. Oh, my God, it is real. Oh, my God, it's Ryan Gosling. So <laughs> um, I, I'm definitely excited about this one. Ryan, are you excited about Barbie? Yeah, I am. Just like, I'm not like a, a fan of Barbie or whatever. No, it's just, but it's wacky, You know, right? we've we've grown up with Barbie. Yeah. Like, Barbie was always in our lives. And just the fact that they're going to make a movie about it. But, like, not just like, you know, there's been Barbie, Barbie movies. <laughs> but this is like a real-ass Barbie movie with, like, a huge production behind it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's not animated. It's real people. So, yeah. It's just going to be an interesting way to see it. I, I much like you, I'm just kind of interested in the world of it, like the the hot pink everywhere, the aesthetic. Like Margot Robbie looks great in that role. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think it's just it's it's definitely on my curiosity list. Like it's just like I want to know what this is. Much like before the Mario movie came out, I wanted to know what they were doing with it. Like I had no idea what premise it had. Any like how do you make a, a movie out of that? Right, right. Same same thing for Barbie. It's like how do you make a movie? That's out of That's the that? curiosity, right? Right. So just for that alone, yeah, I'm interested to see it. Just. I want to know. I, I'm just curious, like, what kind of tone that movie is going to have. Like, have you ever seen The Truman Show? Uh, With Jim no. Carrey? Okay, that's okay. No, no. That's okay. Um, that was when Jim Carrey, like, he went batter up. He was going for that Oscar. He was going <laughs> for that fucking Oscar. You can't tell me otherwise. Jim Carrey was primed and ready. He went after the Oscar with that one. That one in Man on the Moon, although, believe it or not, I've never seen Man on the Moon. And I should watch it because there's like a very heavy like pro wrestling tie-in with because uh, the movie's about Andy Kaufman, and Andy Kaufman oh, okay. had his uh, he had a very famous wrestling feud with Jerry the King Lawler, where Jerry the King Lawler pile drove him and broke his neck, supposedly. Right. But it was all like a work. But Kaufman walked everywhere with the with the thing around his neck, and he, he was telling everybody he was going to sue this guy and everything like that. And uh, <laughs> Kaufman's life was tragically cut short by uh, he got he got cancer. I believe it was cancer. Oh, yeah. So, but he was still doing all kinds of stuff and probably would have kept working. Oh, for sure would have kept working. But uh, that's what the movie's about, the biopic. Anyway, um, so I'm curious. I'm wondering if maybe Mar- Barbie, this Barbie movie, will have some kind of a whimsical tone like that, kind of like a wink and a nod at the crowd, but at the same time you are telling the story. I'm just. Uh, I'm curious about Barbie. That's all. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's just gonna be. It, it's if you really look at the list of these <laughs> movies that we've named, right. this one sticks out like a sore thumb just based on its premise. Definitely. It's like, what Barbie? But no, that's cool. Definitely. Um, and talk about your other main one here because it's in my uh, curiosity. Yeah, that's right. So uh, yeah, tell us your first curiosity and I'll and lead into it and I'll I'll take over. Oh right, right. So Barbie, uh, I have to. Barbie was the first. Oh, it was Barbie. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The Iron Claw is the other one. Um, you know, it stars Zac Efron and uh, MJF, <laughs> which is yeah. pretty cool. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, you know, and it follows the Von Erichs of wrestling. It's a wrestling movie. Uh, from what I've seen, it's similar to The Vein of the Wrestler with uh, Mickey Rourke. And, you know, I, I like that movie a lot. And I feel like if this one is going to be anything like that, it's it's going to be a classic. It's going to be a something I might put on every couple of years just to check out. Because... It has all the makings of a movie that speaks to you, not just because you're a wrestling fan, but because like it's just a good life movie. It could capture you in a way that you can't expect. And you know, from what I've seen, just the way they've managed to shoot like this, you know, '70s, '80s looking film grain kind of thing, but it's still modern. You know, like it looks so good. And Zac Efron has definitely been working at, at this role. He looks unrecognizable. You know, he looks shredded. He looks like a monster. And uh, me being a wrestling fan myself, like I'm not super into this era of wrestling. Like I, I definitely know about it the least compared to any other era. So it's gonna be just a good educational lesson for me, uh, which is primarily the reason why I'm looking forward to go to going to check it out. That's so. awesome. Very well said. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a story that uh, it's a sad story, and, and I think it'll. It, it's one of those stories that you, like you hear about. Almost like as, as an urban legend, except it actually happened. And that was his family, his father and his sons. His father owned like the wrestling company in Texas, and his sons were all stars. And uh, she started losing them one after another, several of them to uh, suicide. 
So it became like a chain, like, well, I'm leaving too, kind of thing, right? Just yeah. very, very sad. And uh, the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Eric, he ended up making it to the WWE. And I believe something something happened to his foot where he lost part of his foot in like a shooting accident or something like that. So for like some time when he was wrestling, he would actually put like the stub of his foot into the boot and pad it in as best he can just so he can go out there and wrestle. Like, Oh, man. And I don't think management even knew about it. But again, that's one of those urban legend myth things, right? It may or may not be true. But I think this movie at the very least tells a an interesting story, maybe a cautionary tale. Um you know, but uh, we'll see. So in terms of like tone, I wonder what kind of tone it's going to be. Maybe there's a silver lining at the end of the movie. But um, yeah, it's got a really good cast. And I didn't know this, but looking at the cast list here, Ryan Nemeth is in there. You know who Ryan Nemeth is? Oh, Ziggler's, Ziggler's brother. brother in AEW, Mr. Hollywood. Wow. He actually is getting a Hollywood role here. So uh, oh, good for him. There you go. That's cool. I like that. So yeah, there you go. So the Iron Claw and... I guess we'll round it. That, that's the last one that I have. That's right, because then I had the Hunger Games, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which is also on my list. I'm uh, excited about that one as well. Yeah. Just talk about the two uh, curious ones you have here. Yeah, the two curious ones. Uh, the first one is The Exorcist. So this is The Exorcist. They're doing another uh, re-blast. This series. Re-blast. This, I like the, it. Yeah. <laughs> this movie seems to uh, be remade every 10 years. They put some new, they put a little salt and pepper on it. Sometimes they put a little Cajun on it. Sometimes they, they grab it and they blend it and they put it into a fucking smoothie. Like the Halloween movies. They just like to redo them. <laughs> Let's try Halloween as an omelet. Okay. Uh, so The Exorcist, uh, it's going to come out this year. It's, uh, it is a sequel to the 1973 film about the 12-year-old girl who's possessed by a mysterious uh, demon entity, forcing her mother to seek the help of the two priests of uh to save her so um that one i think that one's in post-production right now but it's not coming out until october 13 2023 so uh they do still have to massage it and uh work out the kinks but i'm curious about that this movie um exorcist i was around in 2001 when the exorcist the original 1973 no excuse me 2003 the original exorcist from 1973 came back to theaters for a limited run in uh, 20, 2003 and at that point what they were doing is uh, you can go watch in the theater dude I shit you not and keep in mind 2003 that's like just to give you an idea of what other horror movies are around Saw Saw 1 had just come out Saw 1 the um, Jessica Biel did that one with the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre have you ever saw that one oh. where the kids yeah, yeah. take the bus and it breaks down they go on a road trip and that one's actually fun, and that's what really started turning my mind to back to horror movies because I stepped away for a while just because I didn't like anything. Um, but that one, you know, so during that time, this fucking movie came back out, and the reason I say that is I'm watching this movie with my girlfriend at the time. Dude, I swear to God, the part where, like, the little girl goes crazy and, like, she gets up in the air and levitates, somebody screamed and two girls ran out of the movie theater. Only oh, time shit. I've ever seen people legit like <laughs> running out of the fucking movie theater. And I was like, oh my God. And the funny part is, is in the 1973, this movie was such a fucking phenomenon in theaters. It was so scary. It was considered like the scariest movie ever to come out. And people were like fainting and having like panic attacks and running out of the movie theaters. Fucking nuts, right? 
there were parts of The Exorcist where people laughed. Like, I'll never forget that. Like, people laughed at certain parts of The Exorcist. In the same auditorium as somebody just ran out 20 minutes ago because they couldn't handle a part of the movie, right? So it just wow. goes to show you it's different for everybody, right? That's I wild. always say this. <laughs> I'm never... I'll never be as afraid of the ugliest monster in the world when I'm watching a horror movie as I am when the camera just looks into a dark hallway just staring down. That, to me, is a million times scarier than the monster. I don't care if you have the best CGI guy and you... You combine it with like Kojima to create the seven-headed monster. Nothing will be as scary as the dark because the dark is completely unknown and it opens your imagination. See what I did there? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, yeah, so I'm excited about this one. Who knows? This one could be a fart in church, but I think I'm excited about it and hopefully you do a good job here. That one drops uh, when, Ryan? I didn't write the... uh, It drops soon. Oh, October, excuse me, October 2023. There you go. And uh, uh, anything to say on uh, The Exorcist? Have you seen The Exorcist, the original one, or The uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose? Any of them ones? Uh, hell no. I've steered, I've steered clear of those motherfuckers. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> Not for me. Not for <laughs> hey, me. Hey, that's fine, man. Not, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the next one that I, that's going to be interesting is the Wonka movie. This appears to be, uh, just again, just another retelling of uh, Willy Wonka before the Chocolate Factory. This stars, tells a story of a younger Wonka coming up in the world, right? He's got a stupid tap, uh, top hat on and stuff like that. That got a pop. He's got the, goo- Just imagine he got the goofy hat on. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm curious to see this one. Um, you know who's in this one? Rowan Atkinson's going to be in this movie. Oh, Mr. Wow. Bean. Oh, yeah. Uh, Timothy Chalamet is going to be Young Willy Wonka. This, oh, he's really popular. Right yeah, now. he's the, he's the it guy right now, right? Handsome yeah. son of a bitch. So he's going to helm the. Uh, <laughs> he was born December 27, nineteen ninety five. So he's a baby like you. He's my son age. of beach, right there. Young ass bitch. Yeah, hey, that's not that's not nice. That's not nice. That's not nice. Have you ever seen his skit with Pete Davidson? No, he's an SNL guy. He did an SNL oh, appearance yeah. where him and Pete Davidson played like SoundCloud rappers. That already sounds bomb. Performance. <laughs> it was yeah. so stupid. Maybe put it. Maybe it. put it in after at the end of the I'll show as an it Easter in. egg. It's 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 awesome. nah, nah, nah. See, Okay, hold on. You gonna respect this? Check it. So yeah, I'm excited about Wonka. Are you a fan of the Wonka movies at all? The books? Did you skip past them in school? Um, uh, so, so the the books. I remember reading the books. Yeah, a long, long time ago in school. Like I was in <laughs> right. public school still. Like they made us read these books. Um, I saw the. I like the original movie. Always a fan of the original movie. I've seen the Johnny Depp version in parts. And you were actually the one that let me know that the book had a sequel, The Glass. Yeah, Elevator. that's right. Yeah. Which was like a funny trivia thing. So I was like, holy shit. So I've always kept that in the back pocket. Um, I'm excited to just check this out uh, for what it is. Uh, honestly, I, li- I like the-, the old movie is such a good time. It's, it's nostalgic for me because it was always on when I was like growing up in like a little apartment in Toronto with my parents. Like when I was like two or three. Uh, 
Yeah, no, it's uh, it's great. I'll, I'll definitely keep tabs on it. Do you think they'll make a prequel to this called Willy? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Moving on. You know there's going to be like uh, some, uh, you know, like adult movies, they always do like a play on the name and they do like their own parody. I'm thinking like Willy's Wonka. Yeah, yeah. Wonka's Willy. <laughs> Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This shit writes itself. Anyway, oh, let's God. move on. <laughs> uh, awesome. Fighting for my life, bro, like R. Kelly said. Anyway, go on. <laughs> All right. The, those loser. are our most anticipated movies. That was great. You know, I love when we get to have some kind of argument on here. <laughs> It's fantastic. Hey, if we if we agree all the time, it gets boring, right? Exactly, exactly. But that's okay. Fuck hey, movies. you know what? If I ever come at you with anything like that, any bullshit that you know, you got to call me on it and be like, shut the fuck up, motherfucker, and go watch. Oh, no problem. Go read the book, <laughs> go read the comic book, and then come back. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. you son of a bitch. I, I personally think if you watch Morbius, you might enjoy it. I think, uh, yeah, I like Morbius. All right, I'll, I'll, for you, I'll check there it out we this go. year. Done. All right, done. All right, uh, let's talk about our most anticipated video games coming out for the year. Um, damn, there's a lot of fucking games coming out this year. That that, to, that list took me by surprise. I'm not going to lie to you. This damn. incredible, right? I mean, I filled out the list pretty quickly, and then I'm like, oh, do we do top 20? Like, there's no, like no, 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 so this, much other shit. The show's going to go like three hours. Like, let's let's keep it to 10. <laughs> and some uh, honorable mentions, and then a couple dark horses that a we couple might sprinkles. I might have a, a little more than yeah. you, but I can't help. That's cool. Let's do it. All right. Uh, we'll start with our honorable mentions first. Um... Yeah, uh, Kirby Returns to Dreamland Deluxe. So this originally came out on the Wii. Uh, I like this game. I actually played it back in the day, but I never got to finish it. And this is, uh, you know, what <laughs> what better time than now to pick it sure. up and play it. Uh, it is co-op, so I'll probably play it with the wife. Um, yeah, man, Kirby's just been on a roll. Like, ever since, uh, like, Star Allies came out, it was the last 2D one they did. And it wasn't received that great just because it was super easy and simplistic. But then once 3D Land came out and all those other spin-offs came out, like Kirby's just been super popular and on a roll. And I think Nintendo's starting to view it as like that next big franchise, like next to Mario and Zelda. Like I think maybe it's Kirby uh, and yep. Pokemon, but I think Kirby's definitely up there at this point. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm super excited. Uh, it's a good game, and I finally get to finish it on February 24th. What uh, system did this game originally come out for? On the on the original Wii. And it's just a direct port. It's a direct port with probably some like improvements, a couple goodies, way of life improvements, something sweet on the pillow. Yeah, yeah it looks nicer. You know what I mean? I like it. That's cool, man. That should yeah, be anyway. fun. Uh, I'm excited about Fatal Frame. Uh, oh, wow. As an honorable mention, Fatal Frame: Mask of the Lunar Eclipse. I've always wanted to play these games, but I've never. I, I've either just passed them by or you know that one time I had a chance to rent it at the store I didn't do so and so after more than 10 years they're uh, they're really giving this series a chance again and um, it's one of those ones that you hope gets the sales you know at least enough for them to to be like hey there's some curiosity in this thing um, but the trailer looks really creepy it looks really good and I'm excited about trying a new uh, for me new uh, horror series and uh, yeah it should be should be fun 
And I believe the story is uh, you're a photographer, so you have to go in and you have to like take pictures of certain things, right? So yeah. it's almost like a horror version of uh, like Luigi's Mansion or something like that, except you're just going in to take those pictures. But yeah, that one drops on uh, March 9th, so we'll know sooner than later. <clears throat> yeah, that's cool that I saw that on your list. The last one was a Wii U exclusive, so wow, there's there one go. that's going to die there because I don't know if they'll ever... <laughs> bring it bring it out from there but uh well yeah that's why you want these things to at least uh if you're a fan of these games you want it to do well so that maybe they can bring the rest of them up exactly yeah it's gonna depend it's gonna depend yeah uh my next honorable mention is metal slug tactics uh i'm going on this purely because i like the metal slug games i'm not much of a tactics person but um just the fact that they're going to try something new with the Metal Slug franchise, which has traditionally just been the same thing over and over again, uh, is just kind of refreshing. And, you know, Mario Rabbids really surprised me this year again with its tactical gameplay. So I'm kind of just down to try this. Like, I, it's going to do me no harm. Um, and I, even the way it looks like that cartoony art style that they got going on, uh, it's just a nice little, it's a nice little treat I see it as. Like, it's nothing big. But I think in bite sizes, this will probably do the trick. So, yeah, I'll check it out. Metal Slug Tactics 2023. It's a series that's been around for a long time. Um, yeah, it should be very interesting to uh, to check this out. And, uh, yeah, it definitely brings a new way to play this game. Because, like, the graphics are pretty... They kind of keep the graphics in the same flow as the rest of the graphics for most of the other games. Mm-hmm. It's just the gameplay is completely different. Mm-hmm. And obviously the camera is more on an angle, right? To, to more of a tactics board. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's yeah. the word. Yeah, that should be good. When is that coming out? Uh, uh, no solid just date. Just 2023. Yeah, no solid yeah. date. I see that it got announced early last year. Last year, 2021. So yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's been in the oven for a while. And uh, these guys usually don't miss whenever they do these Metal Slug games. So that should be a fun one. I believe that's dot, dot .mu or whatever that, wow. that's porting it. And they have a really good track record, so... Right. I don't expect a failure. Good. Very good. Uh, I think we both have this one on our list, but the Hogwarts Legacy. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, again, this is one of them ones that uh, if I was an ignorant prick, I would just not be looking forward to this at all and just <laughs> starting to bury it. But you can't, you know, it's hard not to give this game a chance. It looks really good. And uh, I know there's a lot of, you know, controversy around this one based on uh you know author jk rowling what she said about certain things that she probably shouldn't be talking about not making herself very popular on twitter not that it matters but all that aside uh you know there was that whole like don't play the game you know boycott the game this and that all that aside and we're not putting it aside but just out of respect for just this we just want to talk about the content here i think this could be a uh would it be unfair to call it a surprise hit or are some people already calling it that it could be good? It could be a surprise hit to people that aren't Harry Potter people at all. Like, I could see this maybe turning people into Harry Potter fans, maybe. But Right, I haven't even thought about that. You know, but I think that if you are a Harry Potter fan and you, you're used to playing, like, AAA games, this, yeah. this might be a no-brainer for some people. Like, I'm on the fence where, like, I think it's just so ambitious to the point where I'm that's what's got my curiosity peaked. Yeah. Um I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be good. Uh, I just wonder if the depth that they're showing in these trailers is 
really the case of the game like is it really that crazy is it really that ambitious with what it's trying to do like i have a hard time believing it <laughs> that's my only thing with don't it don't lie to me yeah like don't get my hopes up you bastards but if it comes out and it is what it is i will be very surprised and i have no problem picking it up and trying it i am a i'm a moderate harry potter fan like my wife is a huge harry potter fan so i've seen all the movies and stuff but like it's it's not like like I don't live and die by the by that franchise, but you know it's enough. I know enough for it to be like very appealing to me to be like okay, I remember that from the movie. I remember that. I remember this. I remember how to do this. Like it's just uh, you know even just sprinkle those experiences on top that that'll be a good a good time. Right? Yeah, I think if they can just produce a even if they just produce a a mechanically really good game, but maybe it's missing a couple of bells and whistles, that's not a failure. That's pretty good. Because you can always DLC stuff in later, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so my prediction is I think this game will be a pleasant surprise, and then I would not surprise me at all to see this game on the uh, PSVR 2 uh, before long. Just give people... I think it just seems perfect to be able to use the imaginary wand. Like, it just... That gimmick alone, I think it just... It works for this kind of this kind of story. On where paper, you're doing, that sounds great. Yeah. When you're doing most of your... Because, you know, he doesn't punch or kick or anything or do any 450 splashes. Harry just uses the wand, right? So, yep. But there you go. When does that one come out? February 10th. February 10th. Wow, that's soon. Holy shit. Yeah. Damn. All right. Uh, the next one I have is on your main list, but for different reasons. Suikoden 1 and 2, the remasters. Uh, a series that I've always been curious of but never had the means to go out and try it conveniently. Um, you know, the, the physical games go for a lot of money now. Uh, I think the first one goes for a hundred bucks and the other ones go way past that. Uh, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just curious to see, I, uh, full disclosure, I didn't know about the series until you told me you played the series years mm-hmm. back. I didn't know about it at all. Uh, but you told me it was one of your first RPGs and probably the game that got you into the genre to begin with. And that alone is enough praise to get me excited for anything. So, you know, it's just, uh. It's like they heard me and, and they're making this for me. Like, I feel, I really <laughs> right. feel like it's okay. Ryan wants to play this. <laughs> yeah, let's That's make this awesome. For so, uh, and the fact that you're getting the second game in it, which is great too, because I believe uh, physically that is the most expensive one. Uh, that's just a good little bonus. So, and you know what? Like, even besides the ports, like the, the remasters themselves just look fantastic. The graphics look amazing. Uh, and I'm really excited for it. I just want to try it. I just want to try uh, this RPG and see what the whole, all the hype is about. That's all. Yeah, so this will be a PS4, Xbox One, Steam, and Switch. Very good. So I'll pick your poison the there. Yeah. Um, I've never played with Code in 2. I've only played with Code in 1. Loved it. Uh, beat it. Uh, back then, I think I told a story a million times, picked it up for like $10 in a discount bin, and I was... in. What drew me was the cover, the art, just beautiful. I popped it in. I loved it. I beat the game. And then I beat it again a couple years later. And now flash forward to today, last year, or a couple years ago, I think, I, I downloaded it and uh, played it and beat it again. And, uh, awesome. you know, it holds up pretty well. Um, the story is still good. I was like, oh, man, it's so good. So, yeah, I can't <laughs> wait for this one to come out again. I think it's going to be another... Um, It'll be it'll be nice to play it again, and it'll be finally nice, of course, to play Swakodin Two again, because Swakodin Two is a direct sequel to One. Oh, like in story. In yeah, in story. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. yeah, I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, and then three and four go elsewhere, but yeah, so that's cool. Very cool. Uh, give me another one. 
You got oh, uh, WrestleQuest. So this one uh, caught my eye uh, when I was looking at the list for this game, or for this uh, show, rather. And I came upon WrestleQuest, and it's got like a bunch of... Uh, it's kind of like 8 to 16-bit graphics. Have you seen a trailer for this thing? Yeah, yeah. Great. And uh, it just looks like a lot of fun. Um, very arcadey. Uh, just old school, you know, Super Nintendo looking game. And there's actual like real wrestlers in there, which is interesting. I saw like the Legion of Doom and Macho Man and a bunch of other guys. But uh, this looks zany. You know, there's vehicles in this game. There's there's all kinds of crazy nonsense. And uh, I'm just excited for it. Sergeant Slaughter's in it. Andre the Giant, Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, Coco Beware. Uh, tons of guys. So, uh if you like that old school retro style of game, I think it'll be fun. My only thing, though, is I hope this is not like uh, Mario Strikers where it's a bunch of characters, it's a bunch of rings, and that's it. You know what I mean? I hope that there's like a story mode or something to keep you coming back and playing again or playing more. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's what the replayability is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. So I, I hope that's there. But everything else looks pretty good. Any uh, interest in playing this one, Ryan? Yeah, if if we made like a top twenty list, this would this would have made it for sure. There you go. I uh, just had to rule it out for other things, but no, I'm I'm excited for this one too. I don't think you have to worry about uh, depth. I think there will be just the fact that it's called Quest <laughs> is probably so. enough to, for it to be a, a good little story. Can it be better? Uh, but it looks amazing. It reminds me of Metal Slug Tactics, where yeah. um, you know the graphically and everything, the way it looks like it's kind of similar. Obviously, it's not a tactics game, but, you know, RPG all the same. It just looks really cool. And if you're a fan of wrestling, this is right up your alley because it's a nice twist. You know, simulation wrestling games are is all that we've had for years. Uh, you know, we've had a couple kind of side games like the WrestleMania Superstars and stuff that you've played. But it's like, realistically, this is like such a good shakeup and a breath of fresh air. And this and the AEW game coming out is just a nice little... You know, not everything has to be so damn realistic all the time. Like we could, just, we could let our imagination do the do the do the work, so to speak. You know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I totally agree. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, what do I got next? Oh, okay. I still I still haven't played the demo. The demo is on my PlayStation Five, though. I, I downloaded it, but uh, Crisis Core has been taking up my time. But uh, Forspoken. On January 24th, uh, I am cautiously optimistic about this game. I don't know what it is about it that draws me to it because a lot of people have already written this game off because Square Enix has like Final Fantasy 16 coming out, the other Final Fantasy games coming out that this is like, this is just kind of like a hurry up, come out and let's forget about you kind of thing. Cause it's like being overshadowed by everything else. Um, this game definitely benefits from having a demo because at first I was like, you know, I want to get it because it's the same team be behind uh, FF 15 uh, graphically and even like some of the mechanics, it just looks like from that game. So I'm like, okay, I was a fan of that game. I liked it. So I I'll definitely try this. But then, you know, as time passed by and the more things they showed like narratively and like the main character itself is probably a negative already in my books. I don't know if I'm going to like her. Uh, this premise of like coming out of New York to going to a fantasy land is pretty cringy to be honest, but whatever it is, what it is, that's what they're rolling with. So at this point, I'm just looking for gameplay to save the day. And maybe the story can still surprise me. I don't know. But I'm not going to write it off yet. I think I'm going to play the demo and see how I feel about it. Um, probably give my take on the demo on our next show. But uh, yeah, no, it's, you know, it's been talked about. Everybody knows Forspoken, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm optimistic about it. I feel like it could be good. 
Yeah. Hopefully it will be good. Hopefully. I, I, the magic in it looks fantastic. It's just like, will this narrative, like uh, the, the story-driven game, like really keep me vested in its story? Or am I just going to tag along to just kill stuff? You know what I mean? Like that's that's my issue. Because if it's going to be a story game, I want to have a good story. Like don't don't promise me something and not give it to me. That's the one thing that's going to make it or break it for me. Um, like imagine if God of War Ragnarok wasn't great narratively like it would blow your mind you'd be like what the fuck like that's what i got it for realistically um so yeah that's like the only gr- the only fear i guess i have with forespoken is just will it deliver on that story front i don't know so at this point i'm just hoping the game is actually good and fun to play at least at the very least suicide squad kill the justice league is next on my list um I hope that uh, I hope it'll be good. You know, I've only played the first two games of the Arkham um, series of games. I haven't played the third one or uh, Origins. Origins is part of the series, right? Uh, it's not made by the same people. Okay, so, so it's, it's not made it's by Rocksteady. Not, yeah, it's technically not. Like, it's never yeah. considered to be, but it is in a way. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't consider it to be, but that's just me. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, it says here it is the fifth main installment in the Arkham series taking place after the events of Arkham Man. So there you go. Uh, but it will be the first to not to feature Batman as the main protagonist, though the character still appears. And uh, Kevin Conroy's this will be his last credit as Batman in this game, so it's kind of something a little sweet. Yeah. Um, why is this in my, my uh, honorable mentions and not in my actual list? For one reason, and that's because there, this 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 game's already been delayed a couple times, and it's supposed to come out uh, 2022, and then it, they said, you know what, it's going to be delayed probably early 2023. It's now coming out May 26, 2023. So that's almost you know four, five, six months later. Um, again, I'm not one to rag on the uh, uh, developers or these guys when they delay the games, but sometimes i'm just kind of like huh that's interesting right rocksteady doesn't really miss though so i think they just they just need a little more time to fine-tune everything but uh i am curious ryan i think you're more of a suicide squad guy than i am but are you excited about this game i am it's on my this on your list list? it's on my main list It's on your main list there you go um what else you got to say about this one pack not without being cautiously optimistic of course though because you know for reasons that you've stated it's been delayed a couple times um my biggest reason why i'm like you know just bare like being on my tiptoes with it <laughs> they've they have yet to my knowledge haven't showed any uh gameplay yet every trailer has been cinematic every trailer has been like in-game cutscenes. so it's like okay i think you should i think i should know what the gameplay is by now but there isn't any and that's that's freaking me out i'm not gonna lie but whatever it is what it is i'm a fan of these characters i'm a fan of the suicide squad you know, thing in general. Um, another reason that I think, you know, we have to be on the lookout is Gotham Knights came out this year and it kind of tanked. Like not everyone was a fan of that game. I haven't played it yet. I need to play it still, but you know, I just think that in a way you could look at, you know, Oh, Gotham Knights came out and it was bad. This might be the same thing. No, I'm looking at it the other way where I think this will be a good game. It's rock steady. I think it's going to deliver. I don't know why they haven't shown gameplay yet, but I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, it's Kevin Conroy's last performance, man. Like, for that alone, if you're a a true Batman fan, I think you should just pick this up and and try it. Because, you know, we're never going to have that guy back again. This was his last performance. I don't know what they're going to do going forward. They're going to have to recast him. Um, 
but you know, other than that, I think just it's a cool premise playing as the bad guys trying to kill these uh, corrupted versions of good guys. It's a cool premise. It's fresh. No, that's awesome. Yeah. And I also tend to put a little more stock in uh, Rocksteady, you know, I mean, no disrespect to um, uh, WB Games Montreal. They're the ones that made the, uh, the Gotham Knights game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think we'll be in for a for a for a pleasant surprise, and I think they're gonna do a I think they're gonna do something really special for uh, for Conroy. Yeah, definitely. I'm hoping for that. Um, all right, and my last honorable mention: Resident Evil Four remake. Uh, I'm not a oh, big shit. not a big Resident Evil guy. I know uh, in some people's list, this is probably number one on their main list, but. Uh, I'm just curious to see how they're going to do the remake. Um, I know the fourth one is like the most popular game of the series. I played it back then. Um, and I just really want to know, uh, how they can improve that game from which I've heard is they already have improved it. There is like people have played this already and, and have loved it. Um, yeah, I just, I just out of sheer curiosity is why it's on the list. I just want to see what it looks like and what it is. Maybe I could get into it. Um, Chris, you're a fan of this, right? Like you're looking for this. 100%. Yeah, I'm definitely a Resident Evil fan. And um, one of the things with the Resident Evil series is <laughs> the mainline games are ongoing, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. But there's also a new line of the remakes that have come out with Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3. I, I've uh, played two. I enjoyed that game a lot um, for all the reasons that a lot of people enjoy it. It was just a, it was just a, it was remade with the same spirit. Um, I haven't played Resident Evil 3, but the main consensus on that one seems to be it's a bit of a misstep. That one's a it, from game length alone, it's really short for yeah. a full pop game. That's the main thing that I keep hearing. It's short. They've also changed some things in the game from the original three that are is a little bit of a head scratcher. Um, and of course, Resident Evil 3 on the PlayStation 1 is called Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. And the way I've been told about this game, what I keep reading about the third one is Nemesis is barely even in there. So the whole gimmick is there's this asshole chasing you the entire time throughout that game. Not most of the time, especially from like, a, especially the second half of the game where it seems to be here. It's kind of missing. And it's there in two, two remake. So it's confusing, I know. But um, so I think that with this one, they're really massaging it. From the gameplay that I've watched, if you go into IGN, you can take a look at like the first 10, 15 minutes of uh, gameplay. Um, it looks really good. It looks really, uh, it looks like it, they, they really took their time with it. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be well received. And I think it's going to be a nice, uh, it'll be a nice return to form after the uh, the three remake. And then hopefully onto five remake, which is the one that I just finished today on the uh, PlayStation. So uh, yeah, I'm excited about that one for sure. That's awesome. I don't know if they're going to redo five right away. Do you think they'll do five like within the next two years? I don't know. <laughs> um, I think what they're going to do is um, there seems to be two schools of thought. The first one is to flesh out the current the current one that's out. So like number eight, right? Yeah. So they have the uh, the DLC coming out. They have the v- PSVR two version of that game coming out. So they're massaging it in that sense. But I think in the background, they could also work on five. Uh, they might work on five. I'm sure they will at some point. In the next two years, I don't know. Who's to say, right? Maybe. Maybe. I would love to see that. Um, but I would think it's about, a, I, would, I would say it's about two years away or three years away with, uh, with five. 
That'd be cool. Or maybe yeah. they'll make a Code Veronica in the meantime. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. I've never played Code Veronica, so there you go. All right, on to our top 10, or like 13 in my case, but whatever, I couldn't help myself. Yeah, this will be fun. All right, I'll go first. Octopath Traveler 2 is something I'm looking forward to. Uh, It was the first game that Square Enix put out in that new 2D HD style, and in my opinion, knocked it out of the park. I think that game is underrated. Uh, It's underrated, but it's overrated in in a way. Like, a lot of people know about it, but a lot of people... Uh, that know about it don't care for it. I think it's just super special. I think that they managed to make the the Super Nintendo era like interesting again. Like I think it really spawned a whole genre of these HD 2D games uh, that are just catching on and becoming more and more successful. Like I never thought I would look at um, these graphics and see like reflections of the sun on these pixelated models. Like it's just crazy to me. Uh, so for that alone, I, I fell in love with the art style, and then I played the, the first game, and I, I really liked it. it. Tells a story of eight different people, and uh, at the end, they somehow cross paths and come together. And I think story-wise, the first game, you kind of had to close your eyes and shut off your brain a little bit for how they came together at the end. So I think that you know that was one of the main criticisms of it. Uh, and I think with this one, they might be trying to do that a little better with the story itself, which I think they will. Um, especially after Live Alive, which apparently has, it's the same kind of premise, but it is a good story at the end of it. Um, then yeah, I'm just excited to play a sequel to that game. Because that game, by all ends, I think sh- would have ended. Uh, you know, Octopath Traveler, there's that one, and then Live Alive came out. They're doing like Dragon Quest three in that style. Um, so I just thought they were kind of done. They did triangle strategy. Like, I thought they were just going to keep this same art style, but just make different games. But I didn't, I never thought it would get a sequel. So... Yeah, just for that alone, I'm super hyped on it, man. This looks beautiful. I'm looking at the trailer right now. I'm stoked. You beat the first one? I did when it came out. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the Switch, right? On the Switch. It's Switch exclusive, and then I think a year later it goes to, like, PC or something. Right. Yeah, Octopath Traveler. Yeah, a lot of people excited about that one. Yeah, really good. Uh, Dead Space Remake is on my list for sure. Um, This is probably one of the scariest games I've ever played. (laughs) Just a combination of... uh, dread and the music and the tone and you're in space and there's these assholes coming after you it's really uh it's quite a scary game so i've no doubt the 2023 versions is going to be that and then some i'm curious to see uh i'm curious to see what happens i think it should be a really good game um you know, we we got we got a little bit of a reprieve with uh, Callisto Protocol, you know, spiritual successor. But I think uh, I think this is going to be the real McCoy, and uh, this should be good. I've only ever played the first Dead Space. I've never played two or three, um, and recently too, like in 2019, 2020, I, I played Dead Space on the PlayStation Four, and so I was able to play that, and I really really liked it. And that game was recommended to me by my friend Nelson, and. Um, He's like, whatever you do, you got to play this game. I was like, all right. And he told me like years ago, but I finally sat down and I played the game and I beat the game. And so when I beat it, I uh, sent him a text message. I go, guess what? I just beat, I beat that space. <laughs> uh, but he's beat that game like two, three times. And he even beat it on hardcore where in hardcore, I think it's basically like uh, you only have three lives in the entire game. Oh wow. Otherwise it's permadeath and uh, he beat it. So uh, he's an animal though. God damn. But yeah, no, I'm excited about that space. It should be should be awesome. Should be should be awesome, Excalibur. 
That's when I'm jumping on that. Um, never played the originals, so the remake is where I'll probably try it. Um, there you go. Yeah, that's cool. All right, my next one is uh, Stellar, Stellar Blade, previously known as Project Eve. Uh, this was shown like a couple months ago at the uh, PlayStation State of Play that they had. And I don't know, I'm typically not into these kind of games, but the graphics, I just love the way it looks. And that was enough for me to be like, okay, let's see what it is. And it's a hack and slash, much like Bayonetta and Devil May Cry, which again, I'm not typically a huge fan of those games. But yeah. I don't know, this one just really grabs me. Like it's, It just looks super cool. And there is like a Final Fantasy VII remake kind of graphic art style to it, I guess, which also could be a factor. Um, but I don't know. And it looks like a really cool premise. It does look like it's going to be like some post-apocalyptic stuff with like androids, but you know, I love a Dragon Ball Z and there was androids in that. So why not try this <laughs> androids in this? Um, another one that this kind of reminds me of is near automata, which I am yet to play. And I'm probably going to play that this year because, uh, I've been getting into some kind of uh, a bit of the lore of that game. Yeah. And man, that game has a huge following. And th- it just reminds me of like, this game reminds me of that. Like even the way it's uh, the, the character looks and the way uh, they talk to each other. Like, it's just, you know, it's got the premise of a good little hidden gem. I feel like a lot of people forget about this game, but I've been keeping tabs on it. Stellar What's it Blade. called? Stellar, Stellar Blade. Blade. Stellar Blade. Is uh, this the first of the IP? I believe so, yeah. Wow, okay, cool. 2023, no, no solid date yet. Yeah, interesting art style, right? Very Japanese, obviously. Yeah, even the trailers um, in Japanese, there was no English. Yeah, very, so. very like Devil May Cry-ish, right? Uh, the characters all have the kind of like the longer limbs, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that should be cool. When does that drop? Uh, no, no date, just 2023. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Resident Evil 4 was on my list, so again, just excited about that one. I think that one's that one's a shoe win. I think that's a slam dunk. I can't imagine it not doing a good job unless for some reason the campaign's super short, which... Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Resident Evil 4 isn't the longest campaign anyway, but uh, I think that'll be a good one. Mm. What do you got next? Uh, up next, I got Mega Man, the Battle Network Legacy Collection. Uh, this is sheerly on the fact that I missed these games uh, when they released on the Game Boy Advance, of all things. Uh, these are GBA games that at the time were trying to emulate the Pokemon formula. So there would be like a red version and a blue version that would release. I think th- these were the only games that tried to do that. Um, but it's a Mega Man, like, RPG game. Um, it's just, you know, I grew up with it, and uh, never having played it, I had friends that played it that would, like, trade whatever it is you trade in there, uh, weapons and shit. Like, it's just something that I was always around, but I never actually got to play or delve into myself. And I do like Mega Man games, so I was like, okay, I'll try it, whatever. Uh, but just the fact that they're doing these collections with Mega Man in general, like, man, Capcom is killing it with collections for, for this guy. Like, Every Mega Man game I think has ever been made, or close to, is about to be available on modern day consoles, and that's just fantastic, because you don't have to go out of your way to download and find physical copies for all these things. Like, Mega Man has a lot of entries, and um, I think that they're just releasing these collections slowly but surely, just because I do think there's going to be a Mega Man game coming out this year, like a a Mega Man 12 or something. I think they're going to go in on this IP again. I don't know when, I don't know what they'll do, but I feel like this is just leading up to something. But, you know, this is just a uh, blind spot for me, and I'm just going to go and check it out this year. Dead Island 2, finally, I guess, is coming out uh, next year, April 28th. It's an interesting game. I am a big fan of the Dead Island games. 
this is going to be published by uh, Deep Silver, just like the original ones developed by Damn Buster Studios. Uh, and, and, you know, it's been it's taken a while to get to this point. There are some red flags. Like, for example, this game is also going to be available on the PlayStation 4. Oh, nice. And the Xbox One, right? So... Kind of tells you a little bit about the length, how long this game has been in development for, if it's been developed for those those uh, systems as well. Although that's not always the case, but there's I think that tells a little bit of the story there. Should be interesting. Um, the first one was a fun game. It definitely not without its issues. Uh, and that was all the way like 2009, 2010 or something crazy like that. Yeah. Um, this sequel got announced in 2014. And it's gone through like tons of like changes and uh, developer changes and different directors taking over the games. Um, but this has been at work since 2019, and they have something that uh, that should drop this year, hopefully. Um, I think this game comes in with a lot of uh, history behind it, obviously, and I think I think I'll enjoy it maybe as well as other fans of this series. I don't know if it's going to be critically acclaimed or loved by everybody. That's kind of my prediction on it. But I am excited to have, at the very least, see a proper Dead Island 2 game, a proper sequel to that fun game that we all played many, many years back. My only question, does it have enough brand new tricks to keep it exciting? Or is it going to show its age and maybe it's something that, you know what? It's a good sequel, but if it had come out six years ago. That remains to be seen. Right. Pac-Man? The, are they... Um, is it still the same devs as uh, Dying Light and stuff? No, no. Oh, so it's different. It's different. Yeah, yeah. This game's got like one of those uh, like YouTube icebergs that you can watch for like 40 minutes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's one of those things where like the developer changed and then a new developer came in and one developer tried to like uh, turn it into like a, like a card-based, turn-based game. Just... Then there was like a mobile version. It was just really, they really, really got away with uh, with everything. But um, yeah, it should be. Uh, I'm curious. I'm, I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic about this one. Very good. Look forward to your review, uh, man. My next one, definitely one of my big ones for the year, uh, Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. I was supposed to get this one this year, goddamn it, but it got pushed back. Uh, look, I, I don't have to talk. Honestly, it's, you wouldn't have had time to play it. Why? Nothing really came out this year. <laughs> I would have been fine. Well, you um, would have missed some other games. Perhaps. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's for the best. Um, all I know is it's coming out around the same time Final Fantasy 16 comes out, so I'm really not going to have time to play much of it. But, um, man, I don't have to talk much about it. It's a sequel to Breath of the Wild, one of my favorite games of all time, a game that I still play to this day pretty accurately. So, uh you know, it just looks like it's going to improve that formula. It looks like it's going to be the same game, but on a much grander scale. Uh, it's going to... It looks to be a darker story, which is something I'm a fan of, because Zelda games traditionally are not super dark, but you have, like, your Twilight Princesses and your Majora's Masks, which tell a much darker story that kind of creeps you out. Uh, and I don't know if this is going to do the same thing. I'm kind of hoping it does, because those tend to be my favorite ones. But, uh, yeah, I'm just, just super excited for it. I want to know what Nintendo's been you know, working on this whole time and why it got delayed like two, three times already. Um, I have no doubt it'll be quality, but you know, we're, we're going to have to wait and see. It's just, you know, the next Zelda, the, all, every Zelda gets delayed. That's the thing. I'm not, I'm, I've been a fan of this series for a long time. Every Zelda has been delayed. So it doesn't really surprise me that it's coming out, you know, after three delays, <laughs> it's fine. Just make sure it's good. Oh, yeah. it'll be good. They could, they could have messed it up. They can't mess this up. No, 
Yeah. Uh, my next one is Street Fighter Six. I think that's uh, that's not a stretch for a lot of people. I think that this game is coming in with a lot of um, a lot of curiosity at, at the very least to just based on the way it's been presented, right? As this sort of online community game or whatever. I think they tried that with Street Fighter V, but I think this seems to be like the new evolution of that. Uh, new characters, uh, and it just I'm excited to see what the, how this thing runs on the PlayStation 5. And it's just a Street Fighter game, man. It's it's gonna be it's always exciting when these things come around. It's kind of like the FIFA of uh, fighting games. <laughs> um, and I know that you know Five definitely does have its critics. I know a lot of people didn't like the way that that game was structured, especially the online stuff, the pay to play, and things like that. Uh, by the time I played five, uh, there were like a thousand patches, so all different things got patched in, and I didn't experience any of that. Um, and there are some options in five to turn off some of the advertisements, but again, that should probably show you that there, maybe there was an issue there at some point, and they put that option in there because the advertisements are there like all the time, even on the versus screen, but you're able to toggle it off. So, Street Fighter Six, I'm curious to see what happens here. Um, are you gonna check this one out, Pac Man? Yeah, this is the, this is on my list too. Uh, yeah, much like you said, it's like the FIFA of fighting games every year. Uh, <laughs> you get them if you're a fan. Um, you know, Street Fighter. I I jumped back on with Street Fighter Five. I didn't play the fourth one, and I didn't play the third one. Uh, which there was like a million third ones, but you, you get what I'm saying. Uh, I haven't played them since two, and then when I came back for five, like I liked it, but I do see the criticisms of like that heavy-handed advertising, which was just insane. Uh, and it just lacked a lot of things. I feel like it needed a better story mode. I feel like it needed more characters. Uh, but for what it is, it's fun. It's kind of like the Mario Strikers of it. Like, it's just... The core gameplay is good, but everything else is just so shitty. Um, but, you know, I had a good time with it. And 6 seems to be a return to form, really. I, I do think that they're going to go all out with this one. It looks mm -hmm. to have more modes. It looks to have more features. It looks to have more characters and costumes and everything you could wish for. I, I just don't think they're going to repeat their mistakes with 5 that they did... Uh, with six that they did with five, I think it's just they, they can't do that again because even though f it, we forgave it, I feel like if they do it again, it's just going to be really like a lot of backlash, and they don't want that right now. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm optimistic for it. I think it'll be good. Uh, up next, what do I got here? Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Yo, this was a game that uh, it's been delayed a million times, but uh, again, it's apparently coming out this year. I don't know. Uh, I'm a huge Jet Set Radio fan, so this just looks like a spiritual successor to that. It, if you put them side by side, you could, you'd think they're the same game. Um, but, you know, this one isn't just rollerblading. It int introduces, like, skateboarding and free running and bicycles and stuff. Um, but it just looks like a super fun time. And I hope it doesn't get delayed again. We'll see. But a lot of, like, Jet Set Radio things are in this. Lots of motifs, like the graffiti and just the way they do the tricks. I don't know what the story's like here, but, you know, I imagine something similar. Although uh, the Jet Set Radio storylines were like very anti-government, uh, super rebellious kids trying to like live their lives or whatever. I don't know if they'll do that here, but uh, I'm excited for it. I, I love I love the Jet Set Radio future. I beat that this year, and uh, you know I just uh, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, it looks great. It definitely looks like a spiritual successor. This is something that I would have played at uh, my cousin's house on his original Xbox, you know, just drinking <laughs> Mountain Dews and playing this kind of game. Damn right. Uh, looks dopamine. Yeah. Very good. Uh, next for me, uh, this is an obvious one, but Final Fantasy 16. I mean, uh, how can you not be excited? Um, and again, going back to what you were saying a little bit earlier about um, 
about the Zelda game. This appears to be sort of a darker tone in uh, Final Fantasy game. Yeah. And uh, which is nice. It's definitely uh, welcome. And, uh, you know, not much more to say there. I mean, everything that we've seen in the trailers looks really solid. And uh, I expect this will be uh, I expect this to be a very popular game come uh, June 22nd. Yep. The first rated M Final Fantasy game. There you really go. Cool. I like it. Very good. Yeah, that's also on my list. I don't have to go into it. It's just Final Fantasy guy. Yep. I'm going to play this. It's going to be great. Uh, another one I'm excited for, AEW Fight Forever. I mentioned it before when we were talking about WrestleQuest, but uh, this is a return to the arcade formula of like No Mercy and WrestleMania 2000 and stuff on the N64. I just, I can't wait to play something that's more laid back and fun. I don't have to worry about, you know, how accurate the punch is or whatever the hell it is. Um, my one thing I hope they have that I don't know if they, if they've shown off and if they have, I don't know how in-depth it is, but I'm a huge fan of like the creator wrestler stuff. So I'm hoping it has that, but you know, I'm going to buy it no matter what. It's, it's kind of history making. It's the first AEW game. Why not? Yeah, this should be fun. THQ Nordic is uh, helming this one. Uh, supposed to have a really big roster. Um, CM Punk is going to be in the game. So if you want to go in there oh. and kick his ass, uh, you can definitely do that. <laughs> but he's been removed from the cover, so he's no longer on the cover. But uh, wow. over 130 wrestlers are supposed to be on the roster. And so this should be... Uh, should be pretty fun, and just like you said earlier, you know, like it's these games are to me best served when, when when they're fun and just ten percent wackier than the actual product. I don't want a one hundred percent sim, you know, where I'm in there like for twelve minutes trying to win a match. Right. Just get me in, get me out, show me what the game needs to show me, and if this is anything like uh, you know the THQ games of uh, of previous lives on the Super Nintendo and the GameCube and stuff like that, then uh, this one should be a dandy. Yeah, for sure. Huge fan of AEW. Uh, what's your next one? What did I have here? Uh, well, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, again, another obvious one. I mean, uh, that that's the one that uh, I think a lot of people are looking forward to. The first one was really good. Played it during the pandemic. Uh, and it was cool because I think you and I were playing those games like shoulder to shoulder. I'd be like, where are you at now? I'm on Chapter 4. Oh, I'm at <laughs> yeah. like 6. I'm just a little bit ahead of you. And uh, it was cool because there, that was a time where I would do... I think I beat that game in like three, four days, maybe a week, but it was just like every day, just wake up, play the game. Cause we were shut down, right? Yep. And I would go outside to walk my dog and it could be completely empty. Like everybody is home and just quiet, the quietness of, the, of those cold uh, January, February nights. And uh, I just remember just making myself sandwiches and then just playing this game and drinking coffee and just having so much fun and getting lost in its own little world. Even though it was a sandbox, it wasn't really like open world traditional, right? I still had a lot of fun with it, so I'm looking forward to uh, to playing this one. Yeah, probably my most anticipated game of the year. Nice. Um, it's hard. It's hard. I, I have to put it up against like Zelda and 16 and stuff, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely up there. I love the first one a lot. Um, the original seven being one of my favorites of all time. Uh, it's just uh, you know, it's got a lot going for it. It's it's trying something new that a lot of people don't like or like. It's really split. Um, they're going in a new direction with the story. Who the hell knows how much it's going to follow the original? And I think that's what's really cool about it is you don't really know. <laughs> you think right. you know, but they might just swerve it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the, the appeal of it right now for me. And that little teaser they showed got me really hyped up a couple months ago. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's great. We'll see it uh, later this year, possibly 2024, but let's let's hope it's December. <laughs> yeah. Should be good. Another one that's up there for me, oh, man, Spider-Man 2. 
Spider-Man 2, uh, I love the first one a lot. I actually played it, like, last week. I was swinging around for a little bit. Um, it's just so good, man. Again, again hardcore Spider-Man fan, that game, like, made me happy all the way through. I love the ending of it. I love the start of it. I love the middle of it. I never got bored. Combat was always interesting. Uh, finding new ways to use your gadgets and stuff to pass levels was great. Uh, and it looks like they're going to have, like, some kind of co-op feature or at least like double spider-man feature because miles is in it with peter and it looks like the the villain's gonna be venom so that's just a lot of good stuff in there and my one hope for it is that if they can somehow do an online co-op thing where like i could be peter and you could be miles or something and we could like play this game together that might be far-fetched but holy shit that would be fantastic that's my one hope i'm not expecting it but if it would help or if it came it would be a nice little cherry on the sunday yeah, no doubt, for sure. Uh, Super Bomberman R2 is coming to the Switch. Uh, I love these games. I love these Bomberman games. I have them on all my consoles, even my PlayStation 3. When I load up the PlayStation 3 uh, to play disc games, I still have Super Bomberman downloaded, so I'm able to play it. Um, just fun games, nothing crazy, but just the ability to go out there and play them online is really cool. And it's one of those cool games that it's fun to play it on a handheld, you know, just be able to play that style of game on a handheld. Um, are you a Bomberman guy at all? Uh, not not crazy. I've played a lot of them, but not. I wouldn't say it's like something I go into a lot. Yeah, it's fine. I just like the idea of just, you know, just getting into those multiplayer matches. I guess for me, it's just memories of like playing these games with my friends. Um, I originally had uh, one of the Bomberman on computer, on PC, like, you know, 20, 20 years ago, whatever it was. Oh, and you can play local multiplayer up to eight players. And so I'd have like, when I'd have friends over, we'd all be playing on my little like 17 inch computer screen, <laughs> but I'd have like one person to be playing with like the keyboard and the mouse. Then I'd have two controllers connected by USB. I had another person uh, on a different USB uh, playing with like, I had a, I had a pilot controller. <laughs> so oh. they, were, they were using like the pilot controller. Holy shit. It was pretty wacky. Uh, and that's how we played it. All scrunched over this fucking uh, screen. But uh, tons of fun. And uh, yeah, just very simple game. Very basic mechanics. But I'm looking forward to that one coming out on the Switch uh, next year. That's awesome. All right. Uh, two little quick ones I'll do back to back. Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. Very rare that a mobile game gets in the in the list, but I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of promise with this. Uh, I'm just intrigued overall to see how they're going to redo this story again. Uh, the part that gets me isn't the fact that they're remaking Final Fantasy VII again, but uh, they're remaking like every game in that compilation. So like uh, before Crisis, was, which was like a mobile Japan only game, is going to get remade. Uh, they're making the movie into a game. They're making uh, Dirge of Cerberus, which was a game. That was the one that I missed that I was just like, I can't I can't play this. It's not that great. I'm excited to see what they do with it. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm still kind of like iffy on like how the microtransactions will work because this game is free to play, supposedly. But I don't know. I think I'd rather pay for something and know that I'm getting my money's worth rather than trying this free playing shit and just being disappointed at the end of the day. Cause some, there is something to be said about paying for something and making it yours. Like, I don't know the fact that it's free to play kind of, kind of scares me, but it is what yeah. it is. I'll try it. If I don't like it, I have the other ones to play. And, uh, after that final fantasy, the pixel remasters finally got announced. I could finally play final fantasy six in a comfortable modern way. Uh, so I'm going to do that for sure. As soon as that hits the, uh, the switch, uh, you know, you get Final Fantasy 1 through 6, 
unfortunately, I don't think there's going to be a physical copy unless you order it from Square Enix themselves, but there's like limited copies or something. Personal problem, but I'm pissed about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these are six really good games. You know, two of these are instant, just old-time classics. And, you know, it's just, uh, again, another blind spot that I'm going to fill for sure. Ever Crisis, uh, that's the one that uh, came out on PSP? No, Ever Crisis is... Uh, it's coming out to phones, and they're they're remaking like Final Fantasy VII, Crisis Core, Dirge of Cerberus. They're remaking the games into this like new art style. Oh, so Ever Crisis is it includes seven? Yeah, Ever Crisis is kind of like five or six games in it. Right, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's cool. The one you're, right. you're thinking of is uh, Crisis Core that just came out. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that does it for my list. I had AEW Fight Forever on there. I think that'll be fun, especially, like I said, if they can uh, do what the old THQ used to do. But uh, yeah, that rounds out my list of uh, of games that I think are going to, uh, that I'm excited for and I uh, will be checking out for sure. Cool. Uh, we got some Dark Horses real quick. Just tell me what they are. Yeah, for me, uh, Pacific Drive. Yep. That's that weird, uh, is it a card game? Is it a car <laughs> RPG game? You know what I mean? Uh, we saw that one. Feels like a lifetime ago when we were, we were recovering all those trailers. It might have even been a year ago or earlier in the spring. But uh, we saw the State of Play trailer in September, and um, it, it still looks good. looks very moody, and it's my dark horse. I think it'll be a pleasant surprise, and uh, I, I think it'll shake things up a little bit. It looks very unique. It's kind of... Uh, kind of got this sort of out of this world sort of feel to it. Um, something, you know, very, um, I don't know, just has this really strange vibe about it from the music to the tone, to the colors. Um, I like the, the, the weather effects that I've seen in some of the driving sequences just looks, uh, very cool. It has a, like a twin peaks sort of feel to it. That's the best way I could put it. But yeah, Pacific drive. That game kind of, the, the car looked like, I don't know why, it just reminded me of like the DeLorean from Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think some people actually thought it was a Back to the Future game. Uh, nah. But then as it, as it went on, we saw that we didn't know what the hell this was. Um, one of my dark horses is uh, Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. I've never played a Armored Core game. Uh, I just saw at the Game Awards what they presented with this and... It just looks super cool with two giant-ass mechs fighting and just the fact that you could control that. I don't know. I'm not typically a mech person, but something about it kind of made me uh, curious. And, yeah, that's all I'll say about it. Yeah, the Armored Core, uh, they do have their hardcore fans, no pun intended. Um, but for me, it's just uh, just based on what I've read and everything like that, it's just a little bit too deep for my kind of liking. You know, like there's this whole you know, learning curve to the controls and things like that. And you have all these different options that you can use to me, just dumb it down a little bit and present it in a different way. Kind of like a Titanfall, you know, even though that's a different style of game um, in terms of that with the different weapons and different attachments. Uh, but no, the armor core, uh, it, it should be interesting. And uh, yeah, if you check it out, let me know. Yeah, for sure. I hope you check it out. Oh, and my last one is uh, Hellboy web of word. That's the one that we saw debut at the Video Game Awards. I just thought that looked amazing, especially as uh, as a direct sort of uh, companion to the comic book. I think it, it looks great. That sort of that sort of art style, you know what I mean? That sort of Hades kind of uh, characters. I really dig that style of art, and um, 
Yeah, man. Hellboy. I've always been a mark for Hellboy, so I'm curious about that one and uh, can't wait to see when it comes out. That's cool. Uh, Crime Boss Rocky City. This was uh, this is going to have the cyberpunk effect to me where I think it looks really cool. I dig its premise, but it's first person. But I did say at the beginning of the show that I'm willing to try a first person game this this year. Um, this might be the one. Who the hell knows? Uh, I think it just looks really cool. Lots of star power. Uh, again, I don't know if they're spending money on all these actors like Michael Madsen and Chuck Norris and all these people. Uh, are they just spending all the money on that rather than the game itself? Like, is the game just going to be super empty? I don't know. That's definitely the worry. <laughs> but, you mm-hmm. know, from what I've seen, it, lo- it looks really cool. I've been into, like, mafia stuff recently, so this is kind of right up my alley. Um, yeah, I'm hopeful for this one. Could be good. And another one I have. Or are you going to check out Crime Boss? I don't know if we've ever talked about it. Uh, maybe. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to wait for the reviews on that one. Yeah, probably best best thing to do. Uh, and then uh, one that I added last minute, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I'm not a Star Wars guy. I've never seen any of the movies. I don't know shit about Star Wars. All I know is the gameplay I saw in this looked so good and so crispy. And it, it just looked like fun overall. And I'm a big fan of the portrayal of the uh, the main actor that you control. He was in Gotham, and he played the Joker. And I, that, I, I thought he was a great actor just from that. And I was like, holy shit. Like, right. that must be the most underrated performance of the year. But just the fact that he we get to control that guy, and he, he put in the work for this. I'm excited. Um, yeah, I don't know. I might check it out. It, it honestly just looks super fun. And hopefully I don't need to know a lot about the series going into it. And maybe it'll do the, the reverse where I'm so enamored with it that I'll actually go and check out Star Wars. Who the hell knows? But uh, yeah, it looks fun. Looks looks really fun. Yeah, if I were you, I would maybe check out uh, the January PS Plus collection. It's going to include, um, I think it's uh, Fallen oh, Jedi yes. 1 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, the first one. It's a freebie. Um, so, you know, maybe check that one out because that one does look pretty good. And that one's always cheap too. It's always on the PlayStation on sale for like five, six bucks or whatever. Right. And now it'll be free and included in the collection. Um, but yeah, man. And I've heard tons of stories from people that are just like casuals and they'll just pick up the Star Wars game and really enjoy it. So um, yeah, no, that's, that's good. There you go. Yeah, I've heard about that game. I don't know if I like the name though, Survivor. It's kind of goofy sounding, right? Yeah. Survivor. Oh, I don't know if I like that. You <laughs> it's know, like but. when you see Resurrection. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, say right. something else. Yeah, or like video games, like from the early two thousands, everything was like extreme with like three X's or oh, XXL. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh god, let's get over this, please. Extreme. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, all right. Well, that wraps up our uh, twenty twenty three show, or at least our twenty twenty three uh, anticipation show. I guess we'll call it. Uh, but before we go, Chris, what are you playing? Right now I'm playing uh, Resident Evil 5. I just uh, finished the main campaign uh, earlier today. So it was just a fun game. Probably the least scariest of the Resident Evils that I've played. It's really going into uh, action. And I think that'll continue into 6 from what I've been able to read ahead. So, um, But really good game. uh, Action-based. It's a partner system. So it's you and a buddy. And, um, you know, the AI does tend to get in the way a lot of the time. But... It's also come in clutch where she's literally so far up your ass that like I've almost died, but because she's right <laughs> behind me, she's been able to heal me really quickly. Oh, cool. And sometimes the comical effect, like I'll literally be there with like the enemy right next to me, like 
beating me to like one second of my death. And then she goes, you have to be careful. And she heals you. And then this guy will beat me again and I'll fall. You have to be careful. She heals me again. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, if I don't escape this next time when I get back up, because this motherfucker is just waiting for me and like yeah, yeah. hitting me when I get up. Whack so up. you have to break the cycle. So I'm like, as soon as I get out of here. And then so I'll jump off the ledge and save myself. And then she'll get clobbered. And she's like, oh, I'm dying. So now I have to go back up and rescue her. Like it. <laughs> There is definitely uh, like some you know management of characters and things like that. Yeah. Um, but it's not scary. There are some anxious moments where they just throw a ton of different bad guys at you. Um, but very very cool and very much like Uncharted. Like there's a section where you're. It's become like a trope in the Uncharted games. You're on the back of a truck. And there's crazy maniacs on motorcycles coming from both sides. You're just like shooting them down. That's so, it. I mean, that does not sound like Resident Evil <laughs> at all. But that's what I, I laughed. And uh, there are some bosses that when you beat them, you're like, yeah, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that? My dog's looking at me like, oh, Jesus, am I next? You know? Chill out. Yeah. But uh, very good. And, you know, the voice acting is a lot better. I mean, it's always in the Resident Evil games. It's always been cheeseballish. But I think that they really, they get the voice at least if it the script could be better obviously but I think the performances in this game are are very passable I would definitely recommend this game and I'm going through the DLC right now which is like a it's a it, it's a one hour it's a one chapter based uh prelude to this game where you get to play as uh, as Chris and and uh and Jill and it shows you how they get separated before the events of this game oh. so, and I'm, the best part is you go back to that mansion from one and this game is a completely different tone. Now you're no longer outside in the wilderness. Now you're in the confines of a house with a creepy mansion with like scary music that yeah. like raises in volume for no reason just to spook you. And then it just stops and like, <laughs> oh my God, I almost expected like something to happen. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and there are, there are more jump scares in this one chapter game that I'm playing right now than there were in the whole entirety the whole of five. Game. Yeah, <laughs> Five was just like, fuck it. We're going to have an action game. Yeah, yeah fuck yeah. yeah. Let's go. Well, this one's more like, uh uh-uh, let's go back to the source material. So, yeah, I'm playing that one. Little Limers is loaded. Haven't played it yet, so no point in touching that. And then on PlayStation 3, I put in uh, Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain uh, on the PS3. I'm just playing through that one again. I beat it many years back, but it's one of those games where it's got like eight or nine or ten different endings. I'm forgetting how many, but uh, just multiple. There's nothing particularly hard about that game. But it is an interactive game with your controller. I mean, they sound like gimmicks now, but like for the time, like there's a part where you go in to open the closet. You have to push both analog sticks, the left one to the right, the right one to the right. So you can do this action, right? Uh, There's another one where you're sharpening something. So you have to go with the analog stick. You got to roll it, right? There's another part where you're shaving. So you have to very lightly like go up and down on the on the sticks (laughs) without going too hard or you'll nick yourself, right? Yeah, and yeah. Um, then you interact with other characters and little bubbles pop up. You can choose what you're going to say. And based on what you say, it changes your relationship with those people. And the whole time, it's a, the whole move, the whole movie, it feels like a movie. The whole game is about this origami killer. And you're either playing as like a detective, a police officer, this other guy, um, just um, a myriad of characters. It's been a while since I played this game. I played it in like yeah. 2010. So I'm just uh, dipping my toes back into that one. So I'll have more to report maybe next week. But that's my PlayStation 3 game when I'm sitting kind of at my desk here and I'm in between stuff. But on the PS5, I got little nightmares loaded up as soon as I get by the uh, the Resident Evil uh, DLC. That's what I've been playing. What about you, Pac-Man? What have you been up to? 
Nice. Yeah, Heavy Rain reeks of like 2006. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm still playing Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. That is the whole title. Uh, still having fun with it. I'm 10 hours in and I'm still, I haven't made no progress in the story because I'm just slaving away at the side missions. Wow. Uh, I think I'm going to be super overpowered once I do go to the side missions. But going to uh, be dunking on these motherfuckers? I'm just going to do one sword slash at a time killing motherfuckers. <laughs> but uh, it's fun, man. It's fun uh, with the whole materia system in this game. It's a little different than Remake, but it's cool still finding ways to like pair them and... Uh, uh, there's actually something called materia fusion in this where you like you make other materia fusion. from materia so it's really cool huh. um, just having fun just uh, unscrambling all the combinations and shit and uh, yeah man enjoying the game to, to the T it's it's become like I don't know maybe bias is a little bit playing in effect but it, easily my favorite game of the year it's wow. just so it's just so well done man it's just so cool. well done I'm gonna check that step. out it's so great man it's uh, I'm gonna have to check it out it came late, but it saved 2022. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it came in uh, 30 at the Rumble. Yeah, yeah. Like Cena that year, everybody yeah, thought he's yeah. still injured. <laughs> exactly. It was supposed to get pushed back, but it came Holy early. Holy <laughs> fuck. But uh, no, it was a, it's a great game, and I uh, can't wait to play some more. We're probably going to do that right after this. Yeah, yeah. I think yes, after this, sir. I'm sorry. Anything else, uh, Ryan? No, that's it. No, just going to say uh, after this, I'm going to plug back into Resident Evil and finish it. Actually, uh, there was one part. I wasn't stuck. It's just that, well, I was stuck. But what happened was I did what I was supposed to do. But when I did it, there's three things you have to do in this uh, uh, extra area. And I did it all three times. But the second and the third time, I remember clearly picking up the jewel from the second and the third one. Right. And I kept going around and around like, what the fuck? What am I missing? I'm like, so I looked up a guide and and. As soon as I started even loaded the guy, I'm like, I know what I did. 100%. The first time I did this action, I didn't pick up the jewel. So I went back to the first one, and there it was. Picked it up. Oh, I was like, oh, there shit. it is. So <laughs> now I'm, 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 I probably maybe have about uh, 10 minutes left. And I know that because in the guide, it, it went like another three minutes, right? right? And I'm a yeah. little slow, so I always like triple my time. So I'm like, okay, I got like 10 minutes left, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm having uh, fun with that one. And uh yeah, I think I'm gonna enjoy uh, little nightmares. That's kind of the next one that I'm uh, that I'm doing. What are you gonna do after uh, reunion? You got anything else on tap? I haven't uh, really thought about it. I'm no nominees. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I have a lot to play, but I haven't really. I haven't what really are you in the mood for? It. Something colorful, something dark. Uh... You know what I keep thinking of playing? Sonic <laughs> Frontiers. <laughs> wow. Uh, I might pick it up. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But we'll see how I feel. I got a long way to go with, with Crisis Core. And I, cool. I'm in the mood for Crisis Core, so it's perfect right now. Like, I don't really need to worry about anything. Yeah. But uh, after that, I don't know. We'll see. I might, I might change. It might, might just be... Uh, depending on when I beat it, who knows what the hell will be out or what the hell will be on my mind. But right now, I don't know. I'm constantly going to Sonic Frontiers because I had a good time with Sonic Forces. And I was like, you know what? Um, it's getting... Pra- like, Sonic Frontiers just got praised. Like, after a couple months yeah. removed from its release, like... It's a good game. It, it turned out to be a good game, and I'm just super happy for it. So I might just uh, go give it its due. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard uh, mixed. I've heard mixed reviews on it, but nobody's burying it. It's kind of like, well, they didn't do this perfectly, but it's still a lot of fun. And hey, man, it's. Um, 
a lot of it is a watch and learn. I'm sure developers are like taking notes and making sure that they don't do this, they don't do that. That's why when you ask me about um, uh, Resident Evil 4 and what kind of sequel I think they'll do, I think they'll do a good one just because I think they learned some lessons with 3 Remake, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, maybe they got a little bit too greedy. Maybe they saw a success of 2 and they're like, you know what, we're going to do 3, but we're not going to fully cook it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Christmas dinner. What? Uh, and so so they just released this game and it was like three hours long and people were like screaming their heads off. So I think with four, they'll do a really, really good job. Um, but yeah, dude, this year is going to be a banger. Like, oh, it's going to be so nuts. So January is already going to be, if you look at just January, it's already crazy, right? <laughs> I know. But uh, yeah, I'm just going to have to work harder, make more money and uh, buy some of these games. My poor wallet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should yeah. be good. Anyways, guys, thank you for downloading this puppy. Thank you for listening to us ramble on for two hours. It was great. Yeah, you made it. In a while, you made it to the end. <laughs> Achievement uh, unlocked. Yeah, or trophy unlocked, whatever. Whatever floats your boat. Uh, yeah. Chris, read out the plugs one last time. Let's get yeah, it. that's right. We're at Podcast Fresh on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, on Twitter. We're at Podcast Fresh 2020. Uh, no, excuse me, Podcast Fresh TO on Twitter. And you can also send us an email. We'll put it in the mailbag at podcastfresh2020 at gmail.com. If this is your first time listening to the show, we are two guys that run the Podcast Fresh Network. We do podcasts on pro wrestling, video games, and everything else. Uh, Ryan does specials on video games, and I come in and I do a wrestling podcast as well. Um, we'll probably be getting a little bit busier with the shows as time goes on and going into the new year, but that's kind of what we do. Um, so anyway, we do this for you guys for free all the time. And I didn't get to say this on the last show, but I just want to thank everybody for their downloads. I didn't get a chance to say thanks. I'm sure Ryan, the same way. Um, but, uh, we do appreciate it. We do thank you. We do thank you guys for the feedback and, uh, we wouldn't be doing this without you guys. So thank you. And if you want to do us a favor, head over to Apple Music or wherever you download this and just give us the old five-star ski or the one-star ski and let us know what we're doing horribly wrong and we will work our way to uh, to better it. But uh, that's it. I'm done yapping. Thank you very much. Pac-Man, take us home. That's great. Maybe I'm the problem. Maybe I just need to go. Piece of shit. Let yeah. us know. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, guys, go Merry watch. Ryan's gonna go watch Morbius. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch Morbius so I can put Tremendous. this to bed. Uh, That's awesome. <laughs> no, uh, guys, Merry Christmas. Uh, you know, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you guys celebrate. Just Happy Holidays. Uh, happy New Year. We might not be back until January, uh, after January first. But uh, guys, honestly, if you've stuck with us this whole year, you know, up till now, we appreciate it. Like Chris said. Thank you for all the downloads. Thank you for all the support. And uh, happy holidays. We, we will see you guys next year in 2023. Goodbye. Test fresh.